This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So Elon Musk tries to buy Twitter, right? Mm. And he offers up this legitimate offer, $54.20 per share to buy everybody out. Instead of going to the shareholders, the board announces what's called a poison pill, which basically bars Elon Musk from buying up the company through public means. They may still entertain his offer, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And it looks like we are about to see one of the biggest culture war battles, the most significant we've ever seen. I think Elon Musk has exposed so much dirty dealing, and it says a lot about how wealthy billionaires, corporate interests are manipulating the public and don't care about money because they're getting money from the Fed. They don't care about the cost. They want the power and the influence. Even Recode, a Vox.com blog, says exactly this, that Twitter is where journalists and politicians get out their message. Well, surprise, surprise, guess who is getting banned? Yeah, it's mostly the right. It's mostly libertarians. Sometimes there are anti-war leftists and some left-wingers who will get banned, but typically not. That's the power, and they know it. We got a couple other stories. You know, it's funny. We're talking about uh, Elon Musk because uh, World War III apparently started. Russian state TV said the sinking of the Russian flagship, the Moskva, Moskva, uh, 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 I'm sorry, not specifically, but after this, they said the weapons we are up against are from NATO. They, they're trying to maintain that the ship sank due to a fire, but the you, you, uh, Ukrainians are saying we basically hit it with a Neptune missile. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we definitely got to talk about the secrets of Dumbledore. It's Friday. We're going to get into it. I haven't seen it, but joining us to explain What's wrong with the plot is Brett Cooper. Hey guys, how are you? I mean, okay, so well, you don't. We don't need to get we into need to do exactly. right now. Jumping in, but it's the, just uh, it's, it's interesting. It's a mediocre film. That the, the, been a- the the real story on our end is that they gutted the plot for the Chinese version mm. because Dumbledore prefers the company of men. Mm-hmm. And in China, they're like, no, no, we can't, you know. It's so, a real so, secret. Yeah. So, That's yeah, just right. for America. It's just for America. So yeah, uh, Brett, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I am Brett Cooper. I am the newest host at Daily Wire. I host the comment section with Brett Cooper. It's a daily social media cultural reaction show. It's been up and running for about a month now. It's super fun. I come from a background in uh, acting. I was a professional actor for 10 years in Los Angeles, went to UCLA, and now I'm here in Nashville doing politics and culture. It's fun. Cool. Thanks for coming. We, yeah. also, we also got Ben Stewart. I'm actually Michaela Peterson, but you're, <laughs> none of you are biologists, so yeah, it's okay. Right. Um, it. <laughs> no, benjosephstewart.com. That's where you can check out all my films, all the work that I do. Also, Ben Stewart podcast on YouTube. And uh, happy to be back. I think this is my fourth time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Glad to have you. It's the fourth turning. That's right. That's right. We <laughs> are we'll, we'll, we'll get into that, too, maybe, with the World War Three stuff, <laughs> for sure. We got Ian. Hi, everyone. Ian Crossland. You know me, and you love me. Mm-hmm. What's up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm also here in the corner pushing buttons. I'm excited to have Brett. I always love having ladies on, and tonight's going to be a super chilly evening, especially mm-hmm. with Ben. It's going to be good. All right. Before we get started, my friends, you got to head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to help support the work we do here. These trips we do, we came down to the Daily Wire headquarters so we could do fun stuff. You guys, if you didn't see it, we did this crossover stream where I ran out of the trailer, and they're filming it with remote tech. All of this is possible because you guys are members helping us grow the company, hire more people, expand the business, and uh, we're taking over the world figuratively with your help. 
We're going to challenge the media and uh, you're going to get access to exclusive members of, uh, I'm sorry, exclusive episodes of the Timcast IRL podcast. But uh, what I wanted to say is I used to say that if you guys like, share, subscribe, you share this video, we could be bigger than CNN. That's right. If every person watching right now just shared the URL, we could be bigger than CNN. Well, ladies and gentlemen, CNN Plus has less daily active users than we do, so I guess you know we've we've sort of met that milestone. So thank you, we really, really appreciate it. And all of you who are members are a part of that movement where you can laugh and say that you support real media, and CNN Plus is failing. I just want to say one thing on that. I see these journalists constantly promoting CNN Plus who don't work there, mm. and I'm just like, it's sad at this point. It's like I know your friends have a company and it's not working, but stop trying to make it happen. It's like it's it's, it's not going to happen. happen. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but let's, let's let's talk about the news again. Smash that like button. The first story we have here from TimGuest.com: Twitter board utilizes poison pill to stop Elon Musk from buying the company. The plan intends to reduce the likelihood that any entity, person, or group gains control of Twitter. Check this out. Do you guys know how this works? Mm, kind of. So this yeah. is if Elon Musk tries to buy up more than fifteen percent of the company. They're going to offer special stock to the other investors at a discount rate so they can dilute the equity power that Elon would have, meaning no matter how much he buys, the other investors can buy up and take away the power he's buying. They're they're effectively destroying their own company to stop Elon Musk from ending their censorship. Wow. Yeah, uh, that's, that's probably crazy. because the, uh, the Saudi Arabian king is involved with Prince. Uh, yes. The prince as well, I mean, the Saudi Arabian state as well. So I imagine it's all going well, to so, the king. Well, elaborate. I, I know there's a prince who, who who invested. The prince tweeted out, and it also said that the state itself. He said, "Kingdom, myself, H. yeah, the kingdom." And but is, and is that just myself. his company? Or well, is... to be honest, to be fair, I don't know. I assume that that was the kingdom itself. Yeah, I saw uh, Zero Hedge tweeted that he actually sold his shares. I don't know if that's true. Really? The prince, the prince sold his shares. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. true. It's hard to know, but I think the uh, the big play here is that the people who own Twitter, as we mentioned the other day, and 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 what we can get into now. They want the power, the yeah. political power of Twitter to control the conversation. Saudis aside, I think it's Vanguard. Vanguard up their stake to, to say now we own more than Elon. So there's some very nefarious corporate interests that want control of this mouthpiece that is mm. Twitter. What do you guys think? Vanguard and uh, BlackRock have a pretty substantial Disney stake as well. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. They also and own each other, which is, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like they own 2% of the other and it's, stuff like it's that. It's inbred, it's all interconnected. if you will. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> Sorry, I had to go there. It's, it's, <laughs> it's true. It's a little inbred yeah. when it comes to the money. So. Here's here, here's the crazy thing, right? Let me ask you this question, Brett. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you use Twitter a lot? Yeah. Have you always used Twitter a lot? No, only this year. See, because only this year, so only for a few months. Or no, uh, as of last, so in the last year. It was like mm-hmm. early 2021. And you are 20 years old, mm-hmm. Gen Z, mm-hmm. and you're only recently getting involved in Twitter. Yep. Twitter is, it's like the political space, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how do your friends feel about it, younger people? Honestly, it is not the most used. I think Instagram and TikTok are mm-hmm. just what is most heavily dominated. In politics, everybody is on Twitter. So my friends that are in the political sphere, they are very active. But outside of that... People will have like a burner account basically where they go to just look at memes, but they don't tweet anything. <laughs> yeah. They're not involved. It's kind of like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll check Twitter, but it's a very thing in normal circles. It's kind of outdated. Like, oh, yep. that's just whatever. And I never really had a, a reason or an interest in being on it until I started. I was writing for Fee and they were like, you need to be on there to, you know, promote your articles and that kind of stuff. Um, but that's a, that's not even true. Yeah. So when I worked at Fusion, they were, they didn't have Twitter. Uh, I think it's been a while, but we had a conversation about how 
you know, websites like to put the social media link so you can tweet out the story, mm-hmm. post, post the stories. And they didn't care about Twitter and asked them why. And they said Twitter doesn't drive traffic. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay. For me, I was like, Twitter's really important. Mm-hmm. But back in the day when it was the free speech wing of the free speech party, it mm-hmm. was really important. Now, you know, like I mentioned, I'll post like a picture of a hairless rabbit for no reason <laughs> and just... Just post nonsense because yeah. the platform is garbage. Uh, Twitter's kind of like the repository social media network. I, I signed up in 08, didn't use it till ni- 2019 because I thought it was crap. But it's YouTube is where it's at. The video makes you famous, and then they come and follow you on Twitter when they yes. find out you have a Twitter account. Yeah. No one finds you on Twitter. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not no one, but it's not. Well, people found me on Twitter when they realized that I looked like Ben Shapiro. That's oh, where yeah. I got the oh. bulk of mine. <laughs> I had like 400 <laughs> followers, and then Jeremy retweeted the side-by-side of me and Ben, and it was like, mm-hmm. okay, now you have 20,000. And I was wow. like, okay. Pinch tweet on your account right now. It'll, yeah, you can go yeah. check it out. I'm Brett yeah, Cooper. Yeah, people, <laughs> people were chatting female Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're taller. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Ben's actually not that short. That's no, the funny no. thing. Yeah. You know, we, we just hung out with him the other day, and I, I'm, I'm like, everybody says he's short, and then he walks up to me. I'm like, oh, he's actually a fairly average, yeah, height, yeah. like totally normal guy. That's they just they just like lying and making things up because they want to hate on people. Exactly. But any, anyway, back to the reason I was yeah. asking you these questions. Twitter's a failing company. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, we're I'm 36, Ian 75. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> you look good. Though. Thanks, you man. look good. Yeah. No, but like in all seriousness, we, we are we're an older demographic, and you have to get young people involved in 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 your culture if you want that culture to persist Mm. twitter seems to be on a train track that leads just flying off a cliff Mm. they're not they're not convincing young people to be involved in Mm -hmm. what twitter is they have turned twitter into an activist blog yo i called this i said several years ago and they were banning all the fun people the trolls and the silliness and the memes i was like dude it's going to turn into a left-wing activist blog and it's going to have 10 people and eventually it's going to be one guy and some people might visit it but so why would a young person want to go on a platform to be lectured by old fogies complaining about policy? Yeah. Yeah. Instagram and I think Instagram and TikTok you mm-hmm. mentioned is it's pictures and video. I yeah. mean, it's video for the most part. Yeah. Twitter's text. It's a lot of text. You know, you go there to read and research essentially, but mm-hmm. not to have fun. I don't know. Is yeah. it fun for you? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, I enjoy it because for my show, which is technically me diving into comment sections and that kind of thing, I Oof. it's my... I, I know. Uh, it is, it's the, <laughs> I go into the trenches, my friends. Um, it is, it's the hub of my research, basically. So I enjoy it because, but most of the stuff that I'm looking at is like, you know, batshit crazy things. And so I personally enjoy it. But I wouldn't go on there if this wasn't like my work. I would right. probably choose TikTok. I would choose YouTube. Uh, yeah, I would. But it used to be fun. People yeah. would go on and they'd post memes. Mm-hmm. They'd share memes like crazy. Mm-hmm. And they would uh, uh, troll. Yeah. Trolling was fun. And then we get this, this like the CEO now, uh, Parag Agrawal, he's like, you know, it's not about free speech. It's about this, the current state of things and having a healthy conversation. And it's like, dude, if I wanted to go to like a youth seminar where they explained to me, you know, morals or something, sure, I'd, I'd book it. If I want to go and just tw- post my thoughts and tell people, like, here's a funny joke. You can't do that on Twitter anymore. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You got to go somewhere else. 
What about Reddit? Is Reddit still? I use Reddit sometimes, but how are no. they with censorship? Like, oh, it's, it's the worst. I was gonna say that's what I've yeah. heard. I know that. Yeah, dude, Cause that used it's, to be. You know what it is? It's like it's like it feels like it, it like the school principal has taken over the social media platforms. Yeah. And it's like we used to, you know, throw bouncing balls down the hall and then run after it. Now the principal's in the hallway all day going like, hey, you don't do that. And we're like, mm-hmm. this is so lame. Let's go somewhere I think else. Lauren Southern tweeted out that it was like only five years ago that if someone got banned off of YouTube or Twitter, it was like global news. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now, geez, you blink and then like a bunch of accounts are gone. I don't know who's the most recent fan. Does it even matter? But it's just, it's yeah. disturbing how slippery the slope can be. Remember, remember how fun Alex Jones was? Yeah. Yes. And yes. Did, 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 yeah. So yeah. was there a point where you ever used Twitter in any, even a little bit before? Never. Probably. Never. And, and that's, that, that's the thing I think where, you know, I look at the Elon Musk stuff and I'm just like, dude, Twitter is blowing itself up on purpose. Yeah. It has to be. Because and that was another thing that I felt with Elon that it's like, I love what he's doing, the statement that he's making, but I also kind of had the opinion, like, it already is, like you're saying, a sinking ship. There's so much other crap that's going on in the world. There's so many communities that need us that, I mean, you know, everything else. And it's like, this is great, but also... No, he's right. Elon Musk is right. Yeah. He 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 posted the top 10 Twitter accounts that some of them haven't even posted this yet. Yep. Like Justin Bieber or whatever. Yeah. Because the platform is dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's users on it. They gain a little bit of users. Dude... You know, we, we were talking to Jeremy about this, and he's like, hey, I, I said, I don't even take it seriously anymore. I used to post news stories. Now it's like I just bra- – I, I post like Chicken City is some great accomplishment because I'm just – I'm like it's – a, it's, a, it's a garbage platform filled with garbage people mm-hmm. who just want to just – they rag on you. They lie about you. They smear you. There's no good conversations. There's no fun. There's no jokes. You'll get banned for saying learn to code. I don't take it seriously. And then, you know, he's like, you have a million followers though. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know why. But I actually do know why it's what you said. YouTube fame. Well, people will watch these shows and then they'll follow on Twitter mm-hmm. because they want to just you know, like see their news feed and see information. But I, I can't take a platform seriously if it's dying. And it is. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can gain followers. I'll put it this way. Let's say there's 100 million people that are using the site at any moment. Sure. I have a million followers. So I can lose a bunch and gain a bunch within that sphere. But it feels like the sphere of actual functioning valuable users is just going down. Yeah, Elon said it was yeah. like the town square and that's why he wants to buy it to free it. I don't know if he's right about that. It doesn't, I'm on it a little bit, but it's such a small it's thing. It's kind of like the bathroom stall wall. Mm. It feels like <laughs> yeah, yeah. And more I, than the town square. I wonder if him just saying, okay, forget it. I'm not buying it. Let it fail. Might be the right move. Then try and waste energy and time pouring all this money into some, you know, relatively dying platform. It's, it'd be cool if he could free the software code, but we really don't need it. Hmm. What would be the town square, though, if YouTube? it was not? Yeah, I guess. I think no, so. What do you no. think? It's not centralized. Mm. There's there's disparate communities. The thing about Twitter is it's really easy to overlap with different yeah. groups. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, Ben was mentioning that he trends once every three weeks. And it's because one of his tweets will merge into another community, which will then go nuts about it. Mm-hmm. YouTube doesn't do that. YouTube is much more uh, rigid. You know, like if you, you don't get you don't get shown like stuff you that can't, is outside it's very of your, siloed. You can't retube true, a video. Yeah, yeah, true. true. Yeah. And so they used to have that your channel page. You could post stuff on yeah. your channel page, and all your followers would see your channel posts. That was like you, in two thousand seven. You, you, I think you can still do that if yeah, you like community. Yeah, yeah, you like stuff, and, and and but YouTube can't capture that. So Twitter became this rapid. It, it, it became political because it's what are you posting? You're posting ideas. Mm-hmm. YouTube, you're posting videos. Instagram, you're posting photos. So it makes sense that the the platform that 
typically is about text, idea, concepts, information would become political news, some of the highest level stuff. The problem is Twitter sought to light itself on fire, burn itself to the ground, and make it a trash platform that nobody wants to use. Yep. I thought it was a doomed from the beginning. I, I, 2008, there's videos of me in 2008 when all the people are like, hey, this new thing, it's Twitter. I'm like, oh, great, another one. We just did Facebook. We already have YouTube. What are you guys doing? We just have, we have our, our, and they're like, oh, we're going to tweet our, our, our message, our, our six word messages to each other. I'm like, dude, text is going to warp our minds. Don't fall into I, it. I, I agree and disagree, especially with the text warping your mind, but I disagree on the prospects of Twitter. When it for, when I started using it, I think I signed up in 2009, I was like, what's the big deal with this? Mm-hmm. And then within a little while, I was like, whoa, now cool. I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The rapid virality. Like, you, you tweet something, and if it's good information, if it's a funny joke, it ripples out way, yeah. outward in a massive wave that gets bigger. That little pebble you drop can become a tsunami. Remember that woman? Who was on a plane and she made that joke about AIDS. Oh my gosh. And then yeah. like her phone was off and then when she, she landed, landed, they destroyed her life. Jeez. She had like 200 followers. You ever hear this story? Mm-mm. This lady had like 200 followers and then she made a joke about how white people tend not to get AIDS in Africa, oh but it was actually a social justice joke. The point she was making was that the people who are, who are mostly victimized by this tend to be black. Mm. And she said it in a tongue in cheek way. This was like one of the first major cancellations, I think. Mm-hmm. The tweet went viral and she was just some like random woman and she lands and she like had a panic attack. Everyone was, she was, there were news, news stories written about her. They were going nuts. Wow. You know what ends up happening is people like, there's this viral thread going around explaining how Elon Musk will not be able to save the platform because he doesn't understand that web, web 1.0 is over. The era of the wild west internet is gone. And this guy explains that in the beginning of the internet, it was it was the frontier. It was barren wastelands. Yeah, you can go out into the middle of a barren wasteland and scream whatever stupid, ridiculous nonsense you want because ain't nobody going to hear it. Eventually, some people show up, and then those who don't like hearing the crazy guy in the desert screaming leave, and those who think it's funny stick around and watch. But where we're at now with the internet, the foundations have been built. It's not just the frontier anymore. It's, it's, it's totally urbanized. Mm-hmm. The internet now is the world. You can't just go into the middle of the city and start screaming insane things. The cops will come and tell you to keep mm-hmm. it down. They'll say you have your free speech. You can't scream. People will come and scream back at you. A fight might break out. And so what this guy is saying is because of that, censorship emerges. And he's like, the only thing the big tech platforms want is for you to calm the F down, be civil. And I'm reading this and I'm like, dudes, right about the frontier thing. Mm-hmm. Wrong about the censorship and what mm-hmm. they want. Yeah. They, the, the, the people at, at, at Twitter are all biased. Not not every single person. I mean, like the higher-ups, they mm-hmm. are. They think they're not. They are. It's baked into their rules. They will ban you for calling someone dude, like when they suspended Zuby. And this makes it not fun. Mm-hmm. And if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. I don't want... I, here, I'll put it this way. How many of you, on your day off, would decide to go somewhere so that someone can scream in your face about how ugly you are? <laughs> You'd be like, ah, no, I'll just go to the movies instead, right? <laughs> That's what Twitter has become by eliminating the fun mm-hmm. and by uh, their outright bias. I think what you said about the Web 1 concept is definitely true. And, you know, you see Facebook changing the name to Meta. The Metaverse, according to Bloomberg standards, should be like an, I think they said like an $800 billion industry by 2024. And I'm just curious how Twitter would be able to kind of keep up in that 
kind of direction. Well, I could, know that text will always be relevant in that respect. I just kind of wonder it's it's less versatile. I wonder if it could start moving not, in that direction. If not, Elon buys it and links it up with the neural net, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, when I asked about the town square thing, immediately the first thing that came to my mind was, well, maybe it will be the metaverse. And especially if it's, you know, Web 2.0 or whatever this is, where, you know, we're talking about, like, cops are... You know, screaming at you, that kind of thing. I'm imagining there was this, I think it was Wall Street Journal. They had one of their journalists go live in the metaverse for 24 hours and she did a YouTube video about it. She, she like, they put her in a hotel room and they gave her food and she had to do like all of her meetings. She worked out. She like went to bars in it and she just lived in, in it and she had to deal with all of these random people. And I was like, Oh my God, maybe that is the future of our social media. And so imagine what censorship would be like in the metaverse. I kind of like, I was just going to say there's a, a it's something that Truth Theory on Instagram posted that mm-hmm. there's a guy who lived a week in the metaverse. He only had mm-hmm. the goggles on oh and uh he like he would whatever like eat everything and he said that there were like amazing aspects to it cuz mm-hmm. he would go to like meditation class and he was meditating for like an hour, 2 hours mm-hmm. a day. Um but like there was parts of it that were making him go insane and his dream dreams mm-hmm. were really messed up because of it. Dude, I had a dream three nights ago where I was in a video game, but it was realistic. It was mm-hmm. like this. And in order to get through the part that I was at, I had to kill a dog in the game. You know, nice. like in Warcraft, World of Warcraft, you have to fight dogs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, But it was real, and it was a little dog. And they were like, I was like, how do I do this? They're like, the most humane way, you know, you got to choke it. You got And so I did in the dream, and it was so disturbing. Uh-huh. And now I'm thinking about these people going into the VR metaverse, and they're going to be killing things like a video game, but it's going to seem real. What is that going to do to people? Talk about video like, games make people violent. Yeah, okay. Jeez, it may <laughs> no, be sickeningly disturbed. I, I, I agree I and up. disagree. I, I think there there are going to be. Um, it's very different from playing a video game with the controller where you're watching a screen and you have some kind of avatar or first person shooter. You know, we've seen many studies. The video games don't cause violence. Mm-hmm. They can desensitize in other ways that can mm-hmm, yeah. uh, make violence worse if you're prone to it. I think the real issue is that if 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 you're a regular person and you do metaverse stuff. I don't think you're going to go around beating dogs, but if you're prone to mm-hmm. these things, then this could exacerbate or at least desensitize you and make you know the, the, the tendency to violence worse. A lot of video games, maybe, I don't know, 90%, 80% of them are fighting, shooting, punching, kicking. Mm-hmm. Like, if you get that, and that's all of a sudden now all these people are... Jeez, but so, sorry, Ben. So, well, I've, I've done a deep dive. There's Into the Metaverse and Welcome to the Metaverse, these two podcasts. I think Into the Metaverse is Bloomberg-specific. And like just going deep on like, what is this? And a lot of people, a lot of the execs that they have, they're like, this is huge, but it's not like crypto. It's not something you just dump money into. You need to understand what it's here to do and like why there are countries like I think it was Sweden that bought like sizable real estate there for their embassy and stuff like that. So like Mm -hmm. you don't have to go. You can go and kind of be in person but they're like what they're really saying is like it's not like a video game think video games having to bend to meet the internet so it's spatial web you're interacting with the internet it's not exactly like a video game so you're right there's a lot of violence and stuff like that there but this is gaming meeting virtual like internet stuff that you would do to go and get paperwork done and the one thing i was thinking about when you were mentioning the dream is the the technology that's coming out potentially being able to give people eyesight that is only virtual, but seeing something, you know, like hooking it in and they're seeing what they're seeing like through camera. They wear these glasses in the same way that the heads up displays, mojo vision, all the, that kind of stuff works, but they're actually seeing it through their vision. So there's things like that that, you I know. Got- 
I got something for you. You got you got time for a project? Do something crazy? Yes. Get a VR headset. Bluetooth link it to a 360 camera. Wear a backpack and have a 360 camera on a monopod going up over your head. Have the 360 degree view on your VR visor screen and learn how to see in 360. Crazy. Yeah, we we, we planned a pro- with that project a while ago, but we we never actually did it, even though it's extremely easy to do. But uh, the idea is out there. Anybody who wants to do it, do I, it. I've, I have mixed emotions, but I think I would do it. Yeah, have you ever like in school they they would put these like mirrored glasses on to where you see the world upside down. And you, you would just like throw a ball back and forth, but you wouldn't see it going up like this. You would see it coming down and up, and it was super weird. But once you got the hang of it, it took like 15 minutes, and eventually you got the hang of it. Then you take the glasses off, and you have to adjust again. It takes another 15 minutes to adjust back to the normal way. Let me let me ask you, Brett. Would mm-hmm. you get the Neuralink and plug your brain into a computer? I don't think so, no. Why, why not? <sighs> I don't trust it. I don't know. I'm just very wary about all of it. So I was, even though I, you know, live on social media now for work, I was raised without television. Did not barely watch any movies growing up. Was not allowed to play video games. Was not allowed to have social media until I was, you know, 16 or something like that. One of the reasons why I wasn't on Twitter. Um, just read a ton. I was a classic homeschooled kid. Um, but I, I just don't really trust that and also with the wasn't part of Neuralink where they want to be able to like control dopamine levels and like that kind of thing. I know that's part of it. Is that it part of it? Some of it is. And Whoa. it's like that That's scary. And it's like that part of it, I think there's something that's interesting. I think the technology is fascinating and it's like if you want to try, go ahead. I'm just not gonna really be your guinea pig. I think I trust myself more than I trust technology. So I, I, the, that's the key right there yeah. is like technology is doing something that it, it's not that we can't do these things. Yeah. There are ways, but a lot of the times it's like, what's the easiest way to do it? Take mm-hmm. take this pill and then forget about it. Don't engage with yeah. your healing. You know, well, just, it reminds me of just everything these days. I feel like I look at the world and it's like you can get your groceries delivered to you. Every you can have you can use an app and some suddenly somebody's coming and like hanging up something in your house. Like everything is digitalized to the point that it's like I could just stay and never leave my house. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And my life would function on, whether it would be like, you know, wearing VR goggles, being on Zoom, like everything that feels very tactical and real in the world, mm-hmm. slowly being eroded in my eyes and then add, you know, big pharma and we're just medicating the crap out of my generation. Oh, there's... I'm looking forward just, to yeah. the psychedelic metaverse. People mm-hmm. are going to be like heavily on psychedelics yeah. in the. They're you, making patches. They're making patches no for way. just that. So patches, think cocktails, MDMA, ketamine, 
slight doses, but you go in to have whatever kind of experience you want to have. I think that's why psychedelics have gone IPO like gangbusters lately is this idea of also where the metaverse is going, these fully immersive experiences where you like 1984, you almost don't revolt against it. It's, it's servitude in a sense, but you don't revolt against it because you have everything at your disposal. Why get off the couch? I was thinking a new career might be like a nanny, metaverse nannies. They make sure you're fed and that you're d- able to poop and pee and take it away for you. Make well, sure your body's clean. Oh but this is stay the, there. You can get robots this, this is, So just the distinction here is <laughs> the current metaverse is like you wear goggles. The future metaverse with Neuralink is you lay down in some kind of sensory deprivation chamber floating and Oof. you plug in your brain. And then all of a sudden, your brain experiences the metaverse. Somebody should make thought. a movie mm-hmm. about that, where you're like in this warm, gooey liquid, and you're hooked up in the back of your head and experiencing. But you, every day, you know, you wake up, you go, "Oh man, what a day!" And you're and and check this out, you're ripped. You're as fit as fit can be. No, 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 and and you don't work out mm-hmm. because when you can plug your brain in, it just control controls stimulation. So while you're Sitting in the metaverse, your body's, you know, just twitching and being programmed to build this perfect lean body in every way, you know, processing the right nutrients, craving the right things, or they just plug in the feeding tube and you're, you, you, you put it in your throat and then plug yourself in and, and you don't have people to don't realize. I wonder what would, what would the purpose of life then be? If we were just hooked up to fight dragons, obviously, well, once you plug yourself in and you're well, yes, that's it. what do you think is the purpose? <laughs> that stresses me out. What do you think is the purpose of life? Productivity and work. Always towards more what of end? a more of an objectivist. Um, Would you say about like, lear- well, well, like well, learning? Real quick, just to what end? Yeah. To what end? Like, to what, like yeah, how like, far would I go? No, like like if if the point of life is productivity and productivity and and, and mm-hmm. work, to what end? Is it just indefinite work and creation, or is it? Is there something where you're going? Uh, to leave the world a better place than I started it or to create something tangible. Um, Can it always be better? Like I think so. Within the realm of physical creation, shouldn't there be some point where we're like, it cannot get any better than this or something, you know? Hmm. Maybe do you think that? I don't know if that's possible because I feel like human innovation is kind of difficult to... I suppose, I suppose the thing subdued. is... If if we were to say like what's better, it would be people being well fed, safe, good medical mm-hmm. care, and things like this, and, and better dwellings, better living, and, and we've dramatically improved that thanks to capitalism, mind you. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the metaverse, one could argue that you'll have everything you've ever wanted, all of those things, but it's more like heroin than it is actually making the world a better place. Yeah, you're starving, you're you're frail and shaking in the corner, and you're like, I I I don't want to go work, man. You just plug me in the metaverse. And then you walk over and you're shaking, you're like super pale, and then you plug your brain in, and then you flashes, and you're standing there six mm-hmm. foot six, super ripped NBA star, and you're like, yeah, and you're dunking. Mm-hmm. And people won't want to walk away or from it. Or it's good, the haptic feedback is going to make your muscles strong. You'll be able to live like six days in the span of 20 minutes, and you'll have all this knowledge when you come out, and you'll be a superhuman. That's what if hard we're to in that with. now? Like, there's so much nuance with this because, like, that's, that's, a possibility for sure but i think that like what we're talking about here is like what's you were saying to to what end and could the value come from being hooked up to the metaverse like imagine if 7.5 billion were hooked up to the metaverse perhaps the planet would do better you know perhaps some species would would the, or the rate of extinction would slow down so but i i also feel that like humans when you had uh was it was it michael Knowles and Knowles and, and jeremy Shane, 
Uh, no, Michael Knowles and Jeremy Boring were on last night. Okay. Uh, I thought Seamus was on. He was also on last night, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So so that was the one that I was listening to when you guys were having the, would it be better to save the dog with the cure right. for cancer? <laughs> you know, like, I was thinking about all that, and the way that they were putting it is like, we, the, I feel like we are here to engage with what's already here, and like, to improve upon it is debatable. It's definitely debatable, but I definitely think that like, with, much of technology, it's not that we've been ripped from being able to to acknowledge that we have what we need here. And a lot of it is like, if we were hooked up to the metaverse, would the planet actually be doing better? Or would we be missing the point? Well, you know, not every person on the planet is destroying it. So maybe what we would need That's is some true. powerful individual to create a system where we can round up all of those that we deem unfit and force them into the metaverse. I like this idea. Yeah, you know, and and then the world will be a better place once those people are no longer allowed to uh, uh, engage with it. I think China would have the stomach to do that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then, you know, we could do, like, if there's a pandemic, we could weld people's doors shut and seal them inside until they starve to death. Yeah. Something about being... The metaverse will be fine. Yeah, because, okay, that's a good point. No one's going to want to be stuck and imprisoned in the metaverse. People, like any good slave, they're going to want you to want to be in it. Mm -hmm. That's right. Brave New World. Not yeah. 1984. I well, also, it's like the World Economic Forum thing where they're like, in 2030, you will own nothing. You will... Mm. Well, what is that? What are You'll be happy. Be happy. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. That makes me think of the metaverse. But that. that may be true. Mm-hmm. They say you will own nothing. I think we should correct that statement from the World Economic Forum. What they should say is, you will own the dragon's bracers of ultimate power and the so- sword, <laughs> the level 99 sword of Volciferon, mm-hmm. NFT... And you'll be so stoked. <laughs> the problem is no, you only stoked. own a license to the game that they give you it in. Because mm. no, 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 if, no. if I get banned off Steam, then I don't have access to any of those games. No, no, no. You'll, you'll own the NFT. You just won't have a house, clothes, a car. Yeah. Friends, you'll have your family. pod, though. You'll yeah, have yeah, the floating yeah, pod. Yeah, yeah. And the best part is you don't have to eat the bugs. No, no, no. no. <laughs> when you're in the metaverse, the bugs just flow through the feeding tube into your gut. <laughs> and you don't got to think twice. Has anyone seen the uh, the new Blade Runner with Ryan Gosling? No. Mm-mm. A while ago. It's 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 a glimpse. Jared Leto's role in that and what he's talking about how like, you know, we lost our stomach for slavery, so now we started creating the slaves, like full grown adults and stuff like that. Soundtrack is dope in that by the way too, but like very revealing the way they look at like kind of the future of where commerce is going and having like virtual sex slaves and things along those lines. I think Blade Runner, the one with Ryan Gosling, it's, it's kind of an eye-opener. People are going to go insane from the metaverse. Because you take a look at what's going on now with kids, and mm-hmm. let's just we'll try to be family-friendly. Adult content on mm-hmm. the internet being so just... Uh, uh, what's, what's pervasive? A, pervasive. Two-thirds of the internet. Yeah. The, the, the eclectic nature of it. Meaning like <laughs> rule thir- was it rule thirty four? Rule thirty four. Yeah. That the one where it's like if there's if the, if it exists there's porn of it. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. So so uh, the old rules of the internet. <laughs> Imagine what happens when you're in the metaverse, and it's not just an image you can look at, but you can actually experience. And so uh, the Black Mirror Black Mirror did an episode about this where the guy he goes into the video game where he's a woman and he bangs a panda. Oof. People are gonna go crazy because yeah. they're gonna get out and be like, you know, I'd love to have a family with you, but I'm only attracted to clouds. It's like what? What? Well, in the metaverse, you can go up to the cloud and talk to it and do what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Well, we're sort of at that point with people in neo pronouns. Like mm. I was looking at a girl on TikTok recently, and she was like, "I identify as like death, death self, and plant, plant right. self." I mean, there plant is self. like, yeah, plant self. And it's, it's we're already. Did you, did you see doll self? No, but that yeah, does not surprise she, me. She like shaved her head, and she's like, "I am doll." 
Uh, horrifying. Oh, no. like I mean, it's one up, eye like goes, you know. It's up there with the furries. Yeah, it's it's worse. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look, 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 look. I'm fairly libertarian. Mm-hmm. If if I, I don't care if people want to, you know, dress up however they want to dress up mm-hmm. or metaverse what they want to do. The point is, that at a certain point, people are going to, they're going to segment away from. There's not going to be a cohesive society. Yeah, the, the that's, pro- that's my point. I, I agree. The problem is that kids are going to go in and with haptic feedback full body suits on so they can feel everything they're experiencing and then someone else is an old man is going to be in there shaped as a cloud and he's going to be like come here chop and then the kid will go up and basically have sex with this digital sex with this other person and it's mm-hmm. it's going to warp because yeah they'll be doing it with AI and, and interacting but it won't be the same as with another there's human gonna, on there, the other yeah. end bro there's going to be a predator in the game and someone's going to meet it's going to it's going to be a catfish dude mm-hmm. you're going to be a 30 year old straight guy in the metaverse, and you're going to meet this, you know, attractive young blonde woman, and you're going to do the haptic feedback stuff, and it's going to turn out to, it's going to, turn out to be like a 63 year old morbidly obese man who's like, yeah, yeah, that's right, young I, man. I think this is where the the identity fluidity mm-hmm. is coming in. I definitely believe that it, if not intentional, it's working towards the what you can become in the metaverse. In the metaverse, there's already been like, um, I don't know if it was straight rape because it didn't have the functionality in the game to do it, but harassment, like several guys mm-hmm. coming up and cornering a girl and just not letting her out. That, how, that's how's happened that, in the I game. Just, you can block someone in the metaverse? You just call it metaverse cops. Hold on, hold on. I mean, like, you just, you know, you go like this. You go, I'm, for those that are listening, I'm motioning my hands, taking the goggles off. Yeah, that works. And then yeah. you're like, but I had I to take nothing. my goggles off, and I didn't want to. Yeah, against yeah, yeah. my will. Yeah. Or you just like off. you just click the button that teleports you to the other room. Mm-hmm. That that could be another one. But like a lot of what I think this is doing. When you were saying the haptic suits, and as I was saying with the patches that can modulate hormones, as well as. Terrell McSweeney, I think she worked under Barack Obama. Mm. She's now talking about the Internet of Bodies and mm. how they're like the it's how's it going to get classified? Is it going to be something where if you have a handicap, you can fix it by getting your eyesight back, or is it an upgrade? And then once it goes that far, they've already talked about if you're a sex offender. And this was, I think, in 2016. Terrell McSweeney was, or 2017, she was talking about this. You, you can have one of these implants that can lower the, your, uh, create more inhibition against some of those drives of sexual predators. So then, then they had to start getting into, well, are they allowed to have those drives? What about prison and what prison is? Let's imagine we get to the point where Neuralink is a plug in your brain, right? Because Elon Musk's already done, done that with the pigs where they put mm-hmm. the electrodes. Let's say we get to the point where you actually have a port. And it's wireless. You can wirelessly connect to the metaverse. Let's say you're a a child predator. You get convicted. And so they say, we're sentencing you to 15 years in the metaverse. But in the metaverse, it's a mundane existence where you can never act upon any of these urges. And you're internal in your own, basically, virtual prison. Your body is being programmed to do menial labor. So the prison sentence is, your body is just... What can I get for you today? We have a double cheeseburger on the menu. In your mind, your conscious self is trapped in this metaverse reality, which is a prison. That feels like Handmaid's Tale. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm also scared that about time warping in the game, so or in the metaverse, not a game, uh, where it, it will literally feel like 15 years of your life, but it's only 20 minutes or like 10 Inception. minutes. Like mm, Inception. Yeah. They, and they can just 
snap you in and you're like or you could even do it to yourself you're like i want to live a life and you do it and it's like when you come back you barely even remember your your friends when you come back there's a there's a, a show about that we, we mentioned it. i can't remember if it was a show or a movie where this guy invents the, the, the like eye drops and that can they can they, they're, they're nanobots that can pro they're programmed to make you experience a certain amount of time hmm. so the the original idea is like it's a you, you drop it in your eye and then you're in a you're on a ski trip and so it's like in the blink of an eye you have a weekend in you know aspen but then this, the guy's like, I want to turn into a prison. And so he makes like a 50-year sentence or whatever, something like that. And then, you know, th- this woman gets trapped in it or something. I don't know, something like that. It's so crazy. I think you might be referring to an episode of Black Mirror. Was it um, Black yeah, Mirror? Yeah, it was some guys who are up north in one of these like um, like an Arctic um, fort or something. And they realized that they were not actually in reality because they couldn't go outside. They couldn't do anything. They were like, oh, my God. No, it's a different prison. movie I'm talking about. And there was a lady who got stuck in it. She was, like, screaming trying to get help. And she it felt like years and years had passed. And it had been, like, ten minutes or something. Hmm. That is one of the most horrifying things to me. The idea of being able to get people to believe that it's been a really long time. Mm-hmm. Kind of a Rip Van Winkle effect. It's, mm-hmm. like, insane. Like, I really don't like the direction this could go. Like, who knows how we could psychologically torture people? I think it's called them. other life. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Do you remember when I was talking about the fourth turning? The first time I came yeah. on, and it was like during a crisis period, the most advanced weapons of war uh, are used. What you just explained, Lydia, seems it to right. me like you know torture on the deepest psychological level. Then getting back to the prison thing, what's interesting is is like you know prison. At least it has this you know. Um, attempt in the title of being a rehabilitation mm-hmm. facility. Right. Could something like that actually get more targeted into rehabilitation? Because I know that I think it was in not Nevada. It might have been Arizona. There was a prison where they just decided to dress all the inmates in pink, paint all the w- walls pink, and it lowered crime incredibly. Mm, yeah. Mm. And then there's there's this other one in Thailand when I was out there training uh, in Muay Thai where you could actually fight your way out. And their world champion champion fought his way out of prison. You could actually Whoa, fight it out. Really? Uh-huh. Like in Batman, when they're like, if you can climb out, you're free? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And this guy did. He became world champion. Then Dave LaDuke, a Canadian, came and, and whooped his ass in bare-knuckle bare boxing. Wow. But, like, I think there's more we could do prison-wise to mm-hmm. not make it the, like, what prison does to people. I think you could probably get more intelligent with what you said Using the metaverse or, or whatever, maybe plant medicine, something like that. Yeah. You just can't force people to do plant medicine, you know, at least morally, you know. Administrate psychedelics to prisoners, you mean? Ayahuasca. You know, well, how, how many people have these life, ex- life changing experiences under right guidance? Under the wrong guidance, it could be the worst thing. Mm. What life, if we so. start programming prisoners? What if, you know, uh, we get to this point where such bad things happen in our society? We just say, you know what? It is better that we neural link or, you know, program the brain. Instead of sending them to prison, we, like you were mentioning with child predators, we wire their brain in a way so that they cannot act on certain Mm -hmm. impulses or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like turn off the aggression, turn off attraction because they haven't, don't don't they already chemically castrate some people? Do they do that? I believe so. Yeah. Could be wrong about that. Maybe that was a movie. Not in every in every. I I think I've heard of that in countries. I I know that I heard that recently. People in Ukraine saying like, if we capture Russians, we're going to castrate them. But yeah, that's that's like a threat of like to and that's in war as well. But I mean, like, do do they do this? Because this may be just some like fictional idea where a, a sex offender gets you know pills so that they can't. 
I thought it was child predators. Yeah, is that? I think so. Let me look it up. I feel like I saw, but I think that's interesting because, like, think about like a lot of people say, well, prison, like, people don't commit some crime. Some people don't commit crimes for the threat of what might happen. So, like, imagine the threat of a neural link in your brain where all those urges go away, mm-hmm. and it's it's not up to you anymore. What if? I mean, man, neural link is some scary stuff, man. Because I don't think we even understand how terrifying it can be. It's not going to be wired. It's going to be wireless. Mm-hmm. Why would they? Why would you need a wired cable? No, it's going to Wi-Fi connect to your brain, and then someone's going to hack your brain and make you experience some crazy stuff. Mm. And then yeah. what happens if someone hacks your brain? And then you're you're feeling like you're being attacked by ninjas, and you're really just beating the crap out of strangers. You know, mm. the lack of control is just probably the most horrifying thing yes. to me. I think yeah. social media is like the early adoption of that. The way people yeah. can be twisted just by media. Well, I was even thinking with like metaverse stuff. Like we've seen, especially with Gen Z and you know my generation that's grown up with social media, just like our all like our slew of mental health mm. issues and the way that we are desensitized to basically everything. Uh, and the way that we function is so drastically different than other generations. I mean, you look at, um, did a business program at Berkeley before I graduated and we had this whole class on like corporate psychology and it was all of these HR departments at huge orgs prepping for Gen Z because they're like, you're so sensitive. You are, you know, we have to basically rework our entire structure to prep for this generation that has been, you know, royally screwed by social media. So it's like if that is just what has happened with, you know, Instagram, Twitter and TikTok, like what the hell is going to happen? The, when we put- the, the reason I asked you earlier mm-hmm. how you felt about it was because I think what will end up happening, the metaverse will not be popular at first. Some people will get it for necessity because it'll be easier to work when mm-hmm. you're using the metaverse and it'll probably start with a headset. Eventually, they'll make some kind of simple EEG interface. Eventually, some people will opt to get some kind of like wireless implant. When the young people are entering the workforce, it's going to be normal. People Mm -hmm. are going to do it. It's not going to be an issue of whether you think it's weird or creepy. It's going to be like, oh, but, you know, everyone does it. The, well, I wonder is how much uh, diet plays a role. Because you were saying before the show that you're keto or you've been keto I for a while. Be, it's been keto be, for a while yeah. and it helped clean up the mind. Yep. I, I found the cleansing the gut biome. And I wonder, it's hard to to measure, like, how mm-hmm. much of it is these microplastics or, you know, estrogen in the water. Or, like, have you studied this stuff, Ben? I know you look into this stuff from time to time. Is it quantifiable how much diet has impacted the youth in addition to social media because i for a long time just thought it's got to be social media it has to be and like i mean it's such a nuanced question because look at our topsoil and now look at our microbiomes like the microbiome of the earth is eroding there's like the amount of supplementation you need to have the microbiome naturally that our ancestors had is is going to cost you a lot of money you you can't do it on low or minimum wage so that's just the microbiome. And then you're adding on top of it the, the PCBs, the microplastics, whatever else is in there. I'm hearing a lot about graphene, you know, and stuff like that, even in water supplies. So there's things that we can account for, things that we can account for. And then there's sedentary lifestyle, which is huge. So like there was this guy, Stephen Jepson, 80 years old, never leave the playground.com. And he was taking people over the age of 65. And um, because past 65, if you break your hip, your mortality rate goes through the roof. Mm-hmm. He was just doing things like two buckets in front of them, bare feet, picking up objects like marbles and tacks with your toes and dropping it into the other bucket. 
that would like work on the talus and up here and it would actually they would notice that it was halting neurodegenerative disorders like or diseases like parkinson's alzheimer's stuff like that and then like making it trickier like you you have to stand up and do it stuff like that is important for the brain it turns neurology back on it promotes neurogenesis and neuroplasticity and that's just what we can quantify so like it's a whole new playing field because the like everything from the soil to the way we sit all day long. And as you were saying, say, like a very sedentary lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten to the point where we don't need to get up anymore. Yeah. And the metaverse is going to exacerbate that. So it's really it's those who want to engage with health and decide that I'm not going to wait for somebody else to do it for me. I need to do it for myself. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And that's huge, especially with, like, the pharmaceutical conversation, where it's like, I mean, you can look at how many kids in the last 20, 25 years have suddenly been diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, or any other mental health thing, and so you just throw any drug on top of them rather than addressing what is your lifestyle? What are you eating? Are you even going outside? How much time are you spending online? It's like, sure, here, take these meds, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. We're just royally screwing up our bodies when they're very natural. And this isn't like some hippie, holistic, whatever. It's like, no, we have, it's very new that we have just been, you know, throwing these things on our brains. Right. It's it's new. Literally, the the, the technology, the pills, Mm -hmm. the chemicals didn't exist Depending on which medicine, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, yeah. hormones were isolated, I think, what the beginning of the 1900s, mm-hmm. and estrogen was in the 60s. Mm-hmm. High so, fructose corn syrup, uh, aspartame in the early mm-hmm. 80s, like that stuff's relatively Sucralose, new Sucralose, mm-hmm. all this weird stuff we're doing. The fact that you have to say, this food is organic over here, mm-hmm. like we're going to label it as organic is strange because now look at the ratio of organic to non-organic in in uh, stores like the fact that you have to label it like that means that everything else is not and it probably has things in that that will affect you neurotransmitters all the way down to the hormones so like it's it's a lot and you were just talking about like well you said adhd but like autism yeah we we laugh at simple approaches to these things and we applaud pharmaceutical mm-hmm. like um profit-based ones whereas if you speak to somebody with autism in a prosodic voice, meaning kind of lilting, poetic, up and down, it halts in its tracks the uh, the symptoms of autism almost completely. And this was Stephen Porges' polyvagal theory. Just the way you speak to them mm-hmm. is different. They stop staring at your mouth and they start staring at your eyes. Symptoms go away. And that's that's just one of many things and and what do we we don't get into that conversation because just let the you know the pharmaceutical companies mm. take care of that that's well, the narrative it's the same with 
schizophrenia and that sort of thing. We have a very good family friend of ours who runs a fantastic nonprofit, and he is a schizophrenic, but he has completely controlled his voices. I think he also has OCD. I'm pretty sure he's bipolar as well, multiple personality disorder, that kind of thing. He had a whole slew of trauma when he was younger, um, was in jail many, many, many times, completely turned it around, is now fully in control of his voices, runs two businesses and his nonprofit and is totally like carnivore and is, but it's all based on lifestyle and he's totally off meds. And it is wild to see how those very simple, I mean, you have to be very, you know, committed to those lifestyle choices, but mm-hmm. the power that you have as an individual to make those changes to not be, you know, at the beck and call of a. That was a really intense conversation, you guys, uh, just about so much. Let's tone it down a little bit and talk about how the Russian state TV has said oh. that the Ukraine invasion has already escalated into World War Three. Cool. Viewers were told to recognize that Russia is now fighting against NATO infrastructure, if not NATO itself. Okay, I don't... I'm, I'm honestly really tired about Ukraine, World War Three, blah, blah, blah. I, I was working on my main segment for uh, my Timcast channel, and originally I was like, I guess we'll talk about this because... You know, the West is supplying weapons to the Ukrainians. They did sink the Russian flagship, the Moskva. And now they're saying it's World War Three because Western forces are basically supplying Ukrainians. And then I was just like, I don't talk about Elon Musk because I'm just kind of sick of talking about this. And the bigger issue here, I don't think, is the, is the day-to-day play-by-play of the war and the stupid points being made by pundits, but the fourth turning. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to use that to launch back to... You know, I, I think maybe the, the first time we had you on, Ben, mm-hmm. we were talking about the fourth turning and how we didn't know what it was going to be. Maybe war with China. And now it looks like it's going to be war with Russia. Are, uh, Brett, are you familiar with what the fourth turning is? No, not at all. All right. Do you want to give us the elevator pitch, Ben? I will. And first, I'd like to say that you wanted to tone it down into World kidding. War III. I love <laughs> that. Yeah. I, just, I just wanted to make sure the audience really also understands that. Yeah. Um, so Neil Howe and William Strauss wrote a book back, uh, pu- published in 1997. I think they researched it for 10 years. And it's called The Fourth Turning. And in 97, when this book came out, it's laying out like sometime around, well, basically there are seasons and it takes about 80 to 90 years. So every 80 to 90 years, there seems to be a crisis period. So you go back, it was World mm-hmm. War II, Great Depression. Back before that, it was civil war. Mm-hmm. Back before that, revolutionary war. You could even trace it back before that in England with the glorious revolution and a little bit further back. But basically, it's this idea that there's a, um, after a crisis period, there's a high and there's, then there's an awakening, which would be the sixties, seventies, that kind mm-hmm. of culture. And then there's an unraveling, which is like, I always get into the music that, that shows you what the culture is, like the Nirvana mm-hmm. sound garden, this like, it's okay not to pretend like everything's great, girls, girls, girls. No, we're going to talk about like something is coming apart. So anyway, they said by 2005, give or take three years, there's going to be an inciting incident. Mm -hmm. And that inciting incident will likely be economic and it will steamroll into many other things. They mentioned Bill Gates and vaccine agendas in in one sentence. They said the the possibility for a um a pandemic. Mm -hmm. They said the possibility for rural gangs and um uh, or urban gangs and rural um, militias, you know, at each other's throats. I think BLM and Proud Boys and that kind of stuff. All the way to um, weapons of mass destruction or the, the thought of weapons of mass destruction, a plane being hijacked by terrorists. And um, and then it all come, potentially comes back on 
the country itself as a false flag attack. And I'm just like, well, 97, like all, most of these things come to So, pass. so the, the, the gist is, aside from their, you know, the predictions they put out, right. which we're seeing to a certain degree, it's that the fourth turning is, it's the fourth season, the 20, the, the fourth generation or 20 year period where some great catastrophe happens. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're supposed to be in that right now, and the culmination is what it ends twenty twenty eight, but it should be culminating twenty twenty six, like the peak, the climax, the the crescendo, which is the two hundred fifty year uh, birthday of the U S. Which who is that person who said uh, I forget what his name is, but he says empires only last two hundred fifty years. Yeah. That's its life expectancy, mm-hmm. and in every fourth turning, the most advanced weapons of war will be used. So the last one you see, obviously mm-hmm. Nagasaki, Hiroshima. This time around, we were we were talking last time. Like, what do you think it would be? You think it would be bigger bombs or more death and destruction? And you said something that I thought was very on point, which was like the mind. It's it's Social psychological mm-hmm. warfare, and and what we're talking about now, now. <laughs> and and then dovetailing into the metaverse. I think you know it's it, that and also this technology that potentially even frequency wise can modulate hormones. I mean, I I think it's already being used. And I would say that there's a lot of people who say that, you know, fourth turning is only like 75 to 80% correct. And I'm like, they wrote it in 97. If they were 50% correct, that's incredible. Mm. Right. So, so is it, uh, and hold on, uh, Joe Biden member, do you, you did that thing where he was talking about the new world order. Yeah. He says in that every three to four generations, there's this big, I forget the exact word he uses. First, he said something funny. Mm. I was in a, what do you say, a, sec- a high, high security, security meeting. Military, mm-hmm. military guy told me this, and it's like, Joe, please don't stop, leak stop, stop. <laughs> top you know, clearance information. But what he was saying was that a high-ranking military officer told him that effectively the Strassau generational theory was correct. Or at least alluded to this idea. Joe Biden says 60, 60 million people died or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he says there's going to there, there's gonna be a new world order. And he's referring to the liberal liberal world order, and what they're saying is it's changing now with this coming conflict, and there's going to be a new one, and we have to lead it. So it sounds like even Joe Biden thinks things are going to escalate, but you, l- let me revise my previous position and entertain a possibility here. Uh, in the fourth turning, the most powerful weapons are used, and, and we talked about this. Maybe it's social media, the psychological manipulation and control of the population. If you can get a, pop, a, a country to worship you without firing a single bullet, of course you would. It's cheaper, it's faster, mm-hmm. it's easier, it's safer, right? You, uh, It's more efficient. You save resources. You don't take out power plants you might need in the future. But now what we're seeing in Russia, Zelensky, just he keeps screaming bloody murder. He's, he's warning now that Russia will use nuclear weapons. I got to be honest. When he came out and was like, oh, no, the nuclear power plant and the International Nuclear Committee or whatever this group was, was like, oh, not, everything's fine. They weren't going after the reactors. I'm like, this guy, I get it. He's desperate for help. Ukraine is being beaten down. Russia is is firing missiles, all that stuff. But then when he comes out and says they're going to use nukes, I go, oh, really? And then I see on Russian TV, they're like, NATO is supplying weapons to Ukrainians and they sank our flagship. If the Russians believe the sinking of their Black Sea flagship was NATO and not Ukraine, which they probably do, because let's be real, Ukraine is, is said to be one of the only countries or the only country to become poorer since the fall of the Soviet Union. They have the capability to sink a Russian flagship. Russia denies it at first. They claim credit. If Russia really does believe that NATO is supplying forces, NATO is attacking them. Why wouldn't Russia say nukes? 
uh, Hitler, that's why he declared war on the United States because they were running weapons to Britain before the, when Britain was at war with Germany, before the United States Germany ever gone to war. Think about Hitler was a genocidal maniac. Putin doesn't seem like it. He just seems like he wants the territory. So I don't think he's gonna go to world war. I don't think he's gonna declare war on NATO, but I mean, if they keep blowing up Russian ships with NATO weapons, what choice does Russia have at that point? Mm. I mean, you could always surrender. They could always surrender. What if Putin or, or was call just a like, white peace and just end it. What if Putin was like, you know, I don't want the world to end, so I quit. And then, like, they just stop. It's happened many times in the past. Uh, really? if, you, if you fight a war to a stalemate and both sides decide it's called a white peace, you just, it's, it's over. And there's no, hmm. no victory terms. No one wins. No one loses. You brought up Hitler. Have you heard of Tim Snyder? He, he writes about, like, Ukraine and, and Hitler's Eastern Front more than Hitler's Western Front. And he, he's fully convinced that, and I think he's written seven books on it, that Ukraine was Hitler's Eastern aim and maybe the whole aim. Um, he, like, the, the whole colonization that was happening at that time, they were a little behind, potentially World War One. I'm not as advanced as Tim Snyder was. But he said that his eyes were fixed on Ukraine. And so, like, that's that's an interesting tidbit of history there in Ukraine. And also, like, I, I don't want to side rail it, but there's this is a book by Yuri Shailov, Ancient History of Arata Ukraine, 20,000 uh, B.C. to 1,000 C.E. So it goes through a lot of history. The ancient history of Ukraine is incredible. And a lot of the spots where there are these burial mounds with, like, 63 caves underneath and petroglyphs that seem to be proto-Sumerian. So prior to Gobekli Tepe, the earliest civilization where agriculture comes from, seems to be right in this area. And, I mean, there's there's something really interesting about, like, the ancient, ancient history of Ukraine that also where the symbol of the um, the swastika and some even say the um, the yin-yang symbol may have originated there, that the, the Russians, the Belarusians, the Slavs, the Aryans have an origin primarily in Ukraine. So, so it's some, some kind of sacred land that it's like a land bridge. That's for sure. It's flat and it connects Asia and Europe. A lot of their most sacred spots were all, all along the um, Dnipro uh, River. And also there's Kortitsa Island, which is in the Dnipro. And Tibetan monks claim their origin to be there in Ukraine and supposedly even have uh, documentation to prove it. All in this book. But the thing is, is Yuri Shailov, an Anatoly Kofishin, leading archaeologist and Sumerologist, you can't find anything in English except this book. And I've, I've tried to get in touch with him. I've tried to get in touch with, um, Tim and, uh, Heather Lee Hooker that have, um, translated some of the work. Nowhere to be found. Yeah, the Black Sea, uh, port makes it such an amazing piece of land to control strategically. You can get into basically the, the oceans mm -hmm. and you can get all over the continent. Just a quick thing on the Black Sea. As I was researching a lot of this, I find Putin's face everywhere and all these ancient sites. He goes Wait, in what? this submersible. Check out um, Putin in a submersible in the Black Sea, going down to the bottom of the Black Sea to find an ancient ship. Interesting. And there's, a, you'll see some of the images where. Oh yeah. What? Oh my what? God. This dude. What is happening? Going you know, if he wasn't. Swear his what if ancient Hold on. What if what if Vladimir Putin was actually just like. Nick Cage in National Treasure, <laughs> and they're trying to frame him because he's going to uncover the secrets of Europe. I did not okay. want this power. I must free them. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> all the way out to the Ural Mountains, all these ancient sites that apparently uh, belong to the same core civilization prior to the Sumerians, 
Putin was everywhere. I found pictures everywhere visiting these ancient sites. So I don't know what it means. I'm just throwing it out there because it's food for thought. It, well, I mean, look, Hitler believes in a lot of occult crazy stuff, too. Mm-hmm. And Putin could be mo- motivated by weird stuff. No idea. Yeah, for sure. The uh, Israelis, I mean, that's a, a holy land. It's all about that area. And maybe not all about it, but a big part of it is they wanted to be in the area where Jesus was. So a lot of times, I mean, it's culturally, there's uh, an importance to people about being in a specific area. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I, I definitely think World War Three is an interesting, interesting topic, but it is Friday, so maybe we should actually tone things down and talk about <laughs> World War Four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the next one. Yeah. No, this one will be a, mo- a bit more chill, and we'll uh, we'll have a good Friday night. Fro- Fox News reports Warner Brothers removes dialogue from Fantastic Beasts the secrets of Dumbledore in China. The move comes after the studio received a request to remove lines referencing Dumbledore's gay relationship. My understanding is that that's like the main plot of the movie, but Brett, you saw it, so... Saw it last night, yeah. So spoiler alerts, I guess... The secret is that Dumbledore is gay, which really wasn't... <laughs> uh, yeah, watch which, out. <laughs> I know, which really... No, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The movie is called The Secrets of Dumbledore, and the secret is that he's gay? Basically. But that sp- secret was already spoiled years ago, because J.K. Rowling was kind of... Well, when was that? Maybe three years ago? Yeah. That she was like, oh yeah, he's gay, and a couple of the other characters, you know, or non-binary, whatever. Still, everybody hates her regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think... Here's the thing. I love Harry Potter. The movie was mediocre. It was subpar. And there were, like, three kind of gay points throughout it. Like, it started off with some, and there were some, like, innuendos in, like, the middle part. And then at the end, like, you see Dumbledore and Grindelwald kind of, like, have their moment of, like, who will I love like now? Kissing or- no, they're just, like, they're fighting, but because they are connected, because... I forget what happened in the first one, but they were like blood is connected because they were lovers or something like that. They technically can't like destroy each other. But that's crazy. Yeah. Because like in Harry Potter, there's like, how how is it that no one who ever once loved another person ever fought until now? Yeah. Like you'd have to imagine that would come up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, that's my ex. I can't fight her because, mm-hmm. you know. It reminded me of the <laughs> same thing when uh, like Voldemort and Harry are fighting in the wands like... Com- like combustion, yeah. yeah. Fuse, that kind of thing. It was that mm. story. It was a similar vibe. Mm. I don't know exactly what lines they removed. Removed, obviously, because I didn't watch the Chinese version. But um, doesn't that make like the movie not work if they remove that from the movie? I feel like I don't know what the other secret would be. It was like <laughs> the, I don't like what. Then what? What would the whole plot be? It was very. It was just kind of like taking they, down Grindelwald. But there really was nothing going on. It was they very, add like one scene at the end where after the movie ends, they're like, "But wait." What was the secret Dumbledore? Yeah. And then he like pulls up his underwear and he's got roses. He's like, I'm wearing rose underwear. And they're <laughs> like, Oh, that's the secret. Love it. Yeah. I guess so, the other there was another because Dumbledore's brother is in it, so there is another Dumbledore, and he kind of has like a storyline where there is a secret that's not gay. So I technically <laughs> think if you remove that, there is another. Oh, they meant secret they, Dumbledore. They were referring to the non the non uh, main character Dumbledore. Yes, the ancillary ah. character Dumbledore in the title of the film. One yes. of the things you mentioned that really bugs me is you know I think Star Wars did it. They ripped off the Star Wars Episode Four, the first mm-hmm. Star Wars ever made, with the what was it episode seven seven eight nine it was seven i think they just re they just redid the story but like oh, in, a, yeah. in a different mm-hmm. form it was a, it was a shot for shot remake basically so the force awakens is like mm-hmm. a new hope just mm-hmm. did it feel like they did that with with harry potter was it different enough 
It uh, was. It was different enough. It was not as good. The magic was fantastic, though. I mean, it's interesting going back and like watching the original movies, and it's like I remember growing it, up being like, "Oh, this is so epic," and it's like, "Oh, well, it's kind of campy now." That's um, what I was it'd be, it'd be wondering. Like, did that did that secret make it to like, "Oh, you kind of broke the fourth wall." This is about. This is too much about this world. Not not enough about yeah, that world. You could definitely tell. One thing that I learned was that this. I think was I'm pretty sure people can correct me if I'm wrong. This was the first Harry Potter film that was produced by Hollywood rather than. British really? filmmakers. And I don't know. I mean, you could tell. There was something about it that I was just like, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel like it really sat in the universe. Maybe that was it. What, but it was... Kind of like the last what if Matrix. They just, what if they just... You know, so J.K. Rowling's been doing these screenplays. And mm. she, she, the books she wrote were fantastic. I, yep. I love the Harry Potter series. Seems like these screenplays are just the worst trash I've ever seen and like mm-hmm. just terrible movies. Is she writing the screenplays? I'm pretty sure she wrote the screenplays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wouldn't it be funny if they just like they announced the new series and it's effectively like Star Wars a shot for shot remake mm-hmm. of of the Sorcerer's Stone or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the end it's like the secret isn't the Sorcerer's Stone, it's just like some woke trash about yeah. the character was actually a white supremacist. Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. this, did you see the new Lord of the Rings movie on, uh, I think it's on Amazon. Yeah. Um, and it's I a looked, series, right? Yeah, 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 the series. And it, I saw a, a screenshot showed like 170,000 down votes and like 10,000 up votes or something. And all these people comment on it. The video's on YouTube. And it's a quote from J.R.R. Tolkien that says, evil can never create anything new. It can only <laughs> twist and destroy what's already been created. That's by good. interesting. The, the book The Master Switch goes into what Hollywood has been doing lately. You notice that almost everything's a remake. Yeah. It's, it's this algorithm that's saying we, we know how to predict how continually making Spider-Man, continually mm-hmm. making Batman and, and Wolverine and all that stuff, we know how to predict that. And I think that's also going to dovetail into these, like, uh, did you guys see what was that Ready Player One? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 there there was that racing game where there's Godzilla, and I think there's also King Kong. They're going to immortalize these like archetypal characters in these games to live forever. So they they become like almost like these fictitious gods and goddesses from the movies. And um, I would just want to say one thing: like Voldemort, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. The the two other names that are um, like in Russian similar to that is uh, Vladimir and uh, like Voldemir, mm-hmm. and so like I, I keep hearing that relation uh, between Vladimir and uh, Voldemort. So that's anti-Russian <laughs> propaganda. I have no idea. J.K. Rowling, what did you do? You I, the new the new Superman start trending is, tomorrow is gay. Mm-hmm. Is that really? Right? It's like the son of son of Superman, and but he's like he's a bi. I think mm-hmm. they were talking about doing that with James Bond. I think no, they were going to do a non-binary. The producer was like, <laughs> "Yeah, they were like, oh, we're well, we're not ruling out that Bond could be a uh, a, okay. a non-binary." Dude, I legit would love to make short films mm-hmm. that you know, in no way disparage anybody, but just make the point where it's like we take James Bond, we do an action scene, and then in the end, the bad guy goes, "James." Are you gay? And he goes, yes. And that's the end of it. And it's like, <laughs> not, you know, and, and I, I, don't, I don't say that to, this is not a critique of the LGBTQ community. It's a, mm-hmm. a critique of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Just like to predict how they would play these movies out, how they would do character development. Instead of being like, here, here, here's what I like. I like it when there's character development and uh, 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 you, 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 you understand the character or you mm-hmm. relate to a certain emotion. What I don't like is when they're just like, Dumbledore's gay. Ooh, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa. It's like, okay, look, you know, if Dumbledore as part of the plot was in love with a guy, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, okay, like, show me the motivation, help me understand it. Mm-hmm. If the secret of the movie is literally that Dumbledore likes men, and they've been hammering this point 
I'm just like, guys, you didn't make a movie. You made just make a commercial where it ends with Dumbledore yeah. saying he's gay. A well, social a social point rather than good writing. I was going right. to say, so yeah. from the like the back side of it, because I was an actor for 10 years, and then uh, while I was in college, my whole plan had been to like then go into production and be a producer, and that's what I wanted to do. So I was working at... I was working at an Academy Award-winning production company. It was an indie company. And what I loved about it was that it was... They only produced, like, deeply, like, character-driven narratives. Like, brilliant stories. And during BLM, I was working with them around COVID as well. Everything swapped. And instead of... I was on, like, the development team. So my part of my job was reading every single script uh, submission that we would get and breaking it down. And it switched from, Brett, tell us about the character motivations and what makes these characters tick. What do we learn from it? What, what is the audience grasping at the end? Like, the, the things that I think are important to, do we have a Native American story? We don't have this. We, I mean, we scrapped like 70% of the projects that we had agreed to fund and do because they did not tick off enough of the boxes. Did, did ownership change or was... Some- it was just like, we're not going to produce it. So it was just like, went back to the screenwriters. Like, we can't do it. And then my job became not, let's like seek out these fantastic new writers, you know, read whatever comes in. It was like, you need to actively go find things that we can acquire that are like a trans, you know, female Native American story so that we can be the social justice. Whatever. I mean, it, it truly got so separated from what I think is the most beautiful part of entertainment, why I love entertainment, why I love, you know, movies and storytelling. It was truly just, you know, let's check a political box. Was it like the ownership of the, when I asked about mm-hmm. the ownership of the company that you worked at, did they change? Oh, no, it no. Different people? Nope. They're just, they just mm-hmm. started acting differently? Yeah. Social could engineering. It, could it, well, wow. you know what I was thinking is, is it possible that, you know, maybe in the past 10 or 15 years, uh, a species of small slugs descended on Earth and crawled into people's ears and started to attach themselves and take over their their, their minds and bodies. Mm-hmm. Is is that one way it may have happened? Yeah. What are those? Hundred th- What are those little, those uh, little space bears called? Those Yerks. Little... Water bears. Yeah. No, water no, yeah, bears. You guys ever you guys ever read animorphs? No. no. That when I was a kid, and they're, they're, I think they're called Yerks. I, I wonder little, if little brain slugs take over. Oh, your brain. We, this kind of came up with Ben Shapiro. He was mm. on the show a couple days ago. We did an afternoon show that's going to be on TimCast.com, I think, on Sunday. No, it's going to be on. We'll put it on YouTube. Okay, yeah, cool. On Sunday. Yeah, and important. we were talking about just basically facts and how can you convince? How come sometimes you just can't convince people mm-hmm. of things? And I think when someone's really agitated, like when someone's really emotionally calm, facts speak volumes it's easy Mm. to pay attention and change your mind and you know change your thoughts when you're agitated and crazy almost nothing can make you stabilize like no matter what comes up it doesn't matter because you're freaking out and if like this wi-fi is freaking if all this Mm. this this energy that we're pouring through the air is like causing people to go nuts haywire i don't know the word Mm. and so they're they're not able to stay cool when things like you were saying social engineering when when things like blm and it may even have contributed the rise of these social movements, but I think that's more like a CCP long war game, but that it's just overly impacting people mm-hmm. mm. because of the environment. And that's why it's when people say, oh, we just need to, like, how do you convince people of, you know, how do you red pill them, whatever. It's like, just speak the truth. It's like, you can't just do that. Like, we can, you know, talk about facts all day long, but if you are not meeting people on their own turf, if you're not, you know, doing what Daily Wire does and creating culture, what Timcast does, all of this, um, if you are not, you know, communicating with them in a way that is relatable and tangible and engaging and, you know, is taking into account emotions, especially with the younger generations where we are, all hell is breaking loose at all time. Like you, you cannot just convince people with facts alone. It has to be. It, did it just, feel it's not possible when you were growing up? Did it feel like all hell was breaking loose when you were younger too? Not at all. But I was in a very 
I don't know, not contained environment, but I just didn't, I didn't go to public school. I was homeschooled for my oh, entire life. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, I went to, I went to public school for three years. I did kindergarten, first grade, maybe second grade. And then I did my freshman year of high school and then I was like, this place is awful. And I left. So as a result, I was not in the midst of all of that. I saw it when I got to college and while I was working in Hollywood, but I think I was so, you know, focused on my own internal whatever that it just didn't even phase me. Um, I want yeah. to go back to your point you said about, you know, facts and convincing people. I actually mm-hmm. think that f- facts typically play a small role. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. almost always emotion. Mm-hmm. So you want to make someone feel something. When I was doing, uh, when I worked in fundraising for nonprofits, it's all emotion. If you go to someone and you'd say, you know, hi, I'd like to give you some facts about this catastrophe we're facing. Mm-hmm. Did you know that every day we do X, Y, and Z? And this is real. They're going to be like, yeah, okay, thanks. Have a nice day. No, you've got to, they say the first thing is create a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's right. You have to convince them something is imperiled now. You can't just tell them the truth. You have to create a, create. Yep. They would say create a sense of urgency. And you have to make them personally invested in it. You have to make them, there's several ways you can do it. There's things like, if we're going to talk about a faraway land, we have to make you to blame. Because why would you care about a faraway land? Oh, because it's your fault. If we're going to talk about an issue that does affect you, then you're the victim here and you've got to help fight back. Like we got to, we got to hold these people accountable. Mm -hmm. There's always a way to emotionally trigger someone either through a demand for justice or through guilt. There's an emotion you're trying to target to make them take a a certain action. I hated that industry. Mm -hmm. It's it's what I was doing before this a little bit. This is what I was doing this summer was doing copywriting and you know, what is it called? I forget. I worked for an organization and did it, but where you're writing, you know, the Copy for pages. Yep. And fundraising letters and all of that stuff. Like there is basically a blueprint that you follow yeah. to get boomers to donate money to you. And, and, and <laughs> these, these, these blueprints are typically, they're formulaic. They're typically yep. trash, but the formula is right. They just, mm-hmm. what they do is they know the formula. There, there's actually a step-by-step process. So these companies will give you a sheet mm-hmm. and it'll, it'll give you five boxes and it'll explain what each box needs to do. And then you write in those boxes, you know, how would you convey the idea? So it says like one introduction, two sense of urgency, three problem, four solution, five pitch. And then you're like, you know, they say, follow this formula, write it out. A lot of companies will pre-write these things, hoping that if they hire a hundred people, Give them the script. 20 of them make it. The rest get fired a week mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I always thought those were trash because people don't like you, they, they, you'll see them on the street. Like, hi, how are you doing? I'm so-and-so working with such and such. We have a huge problem. Blah, blah, blah. It's all boring and formulaic. Mm-hmm. If you know how to read people, how they move, how they act, then this job becomes insanely easy, but it is almost always an emotional argument. You're either trying to convince them that you're cool and right and they should be on your side, trying to convince them that they're, they're, they should be guilty for being at fault for contributing to this, or that someone is screwing them over. You're never just saying, do you care about the environment? Yes. What's the most concerning thing to you? One of the problems we're fighting is deforestation. Are you concerned about the removal of trees in large numbers? People will be like, I'm sorry, I don't have time for this, and they'll leave. Mm-hmm. But if you say something like, when you go and, and, you know, do X, Y, or Z, you are destroying every step of the way. I know you don't mean to do it. None of us do. But don't you think that you should, you know, help clean it up a little bit? Of course you should. I know you're a good person. Right. You don't, you, you're not the kind of person who's going to make a mess at someone's house and leave it there, would you? Of course not. Okay. Credit card, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder, and Ben, again, I ask you because you're one of my favorite people on earth. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you're very intelligent. Just kidding. I don't play favorites. I'm talking about the past. Is there like some historiological 
you know, reason that we're so tuned into emotion? Well, I don't think we're hardwired for fact. We're hardwired for story. Look at what we've mm-hmm. done since time immemorial. Sat around, told stories. You could be like, I'm going to tell you the facts of my day. I hunted this thing and I hunted that thing. But it always ended with the shaman or the chief or somebody wrapping it into a mythological story. And there's a mythos that basically captures every generation, every civilization. There's some kind of narrative uh, like an overarching narrative. One big one from the Bible is that l- there will be a savior and be on the lookout for that savior. And I think that's, we are hardwired for narrative. And the thing about what's happening in the world today, I'll just say this. You don't have to get people, uh, like if, if I wanted to engage your like, um, emotions to get you to do something in the world and then to do that to large groups of people, destabilizing people's sense of equilibrium first which is basic training they did that with me you get you get the people into a state of stress it destabilizes their default mode network it almost puts them into a psychedelic suggestible like state and then what seems to be the context things that i'm not making you do but i'm I'm kind of filling in the blanks of what's happening contextually will create a worldview where like oh shit because of everything you just said it, it i realize what i have to do and that's setting up the set and setting, destabilizing use and suggesting and planting seeds, not being overt and on the nose. Let's 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 just going off what you said. This is what I thought of. Let me tell you about the hunt I went on. Uh, so I went out into the woods. I had uh, my rifle with me. There were there were some issues. We saw the uh, the buck. I lined it up. We got it. It was great. Big guy. Let's try another version. So there I was. I'm walking through this mud. I see the beast. Massive. Dim the lights. I get my rifle ready. I'm jammed. It notices me. I take the shot. We got it. We go over there. This thing was magnificent, beautiful, the biggest you've ever seen. Oh, which 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 would mm-hmm. people prefer to hear? Oh, right? the second. Yeah, the second one. Right, you're, you're driving fantastic. emotion. You're trying to create a sense of you know what's happening. So storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think about these. Uh, you know, we, we play D and D or Magic the Gathering or whatever, and you've got these games based on goblins. And I'm like, you know why there are stories about goblins? Because some guy went to go sell beans at the market. And while he's walking through the woods, he comes across some ugly dude who's yelling about something or other. And he's like, everybody's always coming here and messing things up. You, 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 this is my road. I've been working on it. It's like, get out of here, dude. And he walks away. When he goes back home, he doesn't say some guy yelled at me. He goes, so I'm walking through the woods. And a vile creature emerged with a, with a crooked nose and pointed ears. And he snarls. And I'm like, back, beast. And I draw my blade. And so people tell these stories. Someone writes it down and draws pictures, and they're like, "Wow!" And then we imagine these these vicious monsters and these giant. You know, there I was fighting the dragon, and it's like a small lizard. You know, Homo florensis, that hominid. I think those are maybe where goblin the the fantasy goblins come from. Those little oh, small yeah. humans, mm-hmm. and they were. I think um, they historically would eat human children. Like they would they would steal them. They found and some then, new ones a couple of years ago. They would steal children. Those recent ones they found. Whoa! Yeah, mm-hmm. this is what I've heard. There's also they found new. Yeah. Mythological stories of small people like the Menehune in uh, Hawaii that, uh, and also like many of the islands that apparently built all the structures before the regular stature people would get there. There's stories of little people and giants everywhere. Oh, yeah, Native Americans the, the have a lot of stories. I think they're called, the giants. Right, but like cannibalistic giants, Native Americans from Pennsylvania all the way down to Tennessee, actually. Say that there's... 
cannibalistic They're, giants? Giants, yep. Like, are they are they weird, large humans that are kind of naked and can all be killed by slicing the nape of their neck? No, Do you but know go what I was, on. <laughs> did you know what I was referencing? No. You left. Oh, it's Attack no. on Titan. Oh, okay. Yeah, but you left. And I was like, "Are you are you familiar?" All the guys in the yeah. chat are gonna be like, oh, "But I guess not." So, guys, Mm-mm. calm down. <laughs> I also I also think you have a good voice for story. You should uh, yeah, you should you do, do some it. voiceover like that. Oh point. yeah, I'm I'm, doc- I'm, I'm Dr. Fauci and uh, Freedom Tunes. Yeah. I love it. But now that <laughs> Fauci's out of the news cycle, I'm out of work, oh, man. Oh, damn. Well, I think yeah. this is a great opportunity for you to start storytelling again. Well, mm-hmm. I I you know I asked Seamus if he would let me uh, voice Nancy Pelosi on his show, and I don't think he wants to. But she talks like this. Like her mouth is falling from her face. I think Donald Trump. You know, I, I definitely go over the top with it on purpose because you know, I, have I, to do. I don't like her. Yeah. Okay, so maybe we are in, in the psychological world. I think it's a storytelling era. Where and you're an actor. I was yeah. an actor. Ben, I mean, you're a performer. I, I went through acting classes mainly to learn how to write. Yeah. Tim, it, creator, performer. Yeah. But I was just going to say, like, I, I you know, growing up as an actor, I would get a lot of crap especially from like family members who are like you're too smart to be you know being in entertainment doing whatever uh like well everything that we're saying that we are you know that humanity is inherently you know narrative based i mean everything we learn from stories that's why i mean we spend however many hours of our week you know consuming movies and television shows everything that we learn is subconsciously you know coming from the stories that we are watching and it's so important and so it always disappointed me when people were going well why are you doing that it's like well i feel like i could be this is the most important work that i could be doing if i'm you know leveraging my craft basically in a way that is meaningful and that i think is aligned with my values there's nothing better because that's the way that people learn that's the way that you change minds that's why it's like i don't not not want to give up on hollywood but not want to give up on entertainment and Mm -hmm. the power that it holds um I think what Ian was trying to say is that when I tell you this next story, <laughs> instead of saying Joe Biden mocked for shaking hands with thin air after speech, I should go, so there he was. Oh <laughs> Biden turned to his right. In his mind, the hallucination of a strong man reaching out to shake his hand. Biden reached, but there was nothing. But the so best were, part of this is Stars and Stripes is on top of all of that happening. <laughs> <laughs> the band playing it. It's oh, great. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So so Joe Biden claims that he uh, was a professor at what, UPenn? Yes. Is that it? Full a full professor. professor. He never even taught full. one class no. there. Mm-mm. Yo, is is like, what if the conspiracy theory, you know the, the Biden conspiracy theory? Mm-hmm. Have you heard this? Mm-hmm. So it's that there's it's he's not actually Joe Biden he's a replacement called Biden, and like the real story is that Joe Biden got plastic surgery and looked kind of different, mm-hmm. but people compare Joe Biden before and Joe Biden now and it's like it is creepy. It is, but he got he's older and he got plastic surgery. That's what it looks like. But so there's the conspiracy theorists are like he's Biden, not Biden. That's what they call him or whatever. But uh, it, maybe he's like he was this guy was mm-hmm. a professor at UPenn mm-hmm. and now he's old and doesn't realize he's not. Or whatever, or no, but in all seriousness, Joe Biden tried to shake hands with thin air. I I genuinely think he may have been hallucinating. Mm -hmm. I I really do mean it. Um, I'm wondering if, or my question is, how could he possibly mistake himself as a professor at university? Yeah, you were explaining this, Brett. Like he was, uh, he actually was got an honorary degree. Yeah, so he, you pen paid him and he, this is not the first time that he's claimed this because I was reading a daily car date I was reading a daily caller article about it that was that came out in 2019 and in 2019 he had already been proclaiming that he was a full professor 
But what happened was that UPenn paid him a little over $700,000 to be like, it was like a Benjamin Franklin honorary professor, something like that. And basically, all he had to do was show up around the campus, be sort of a figurehead, wander around. And I don't know where that money went. Who knows what he did with it? Maybe Hunter has it. We'll see. But, <laughs> but he's he, great at wandering around. Exactly. I mean, he's fantastic at it. Maybe that's all he thinks that professors do. But he, he was paid by the university. But he was far from being any kind of professor, but in his mind. He has a history of lying. Like, uh, he's a plagiarist in 88. I mm-hmm. brought that up before when he ran when for he president. Does the, when he rubs his nose or the eyebrow, you, got, you know he's lying. Just tell. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. If you watch his videos, yeah. You're a Biden whisperer, I see. <laughs> I spend a lot of time watching his videos <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> As an actor, I do the same thing. He's to study people and watch them move. Well, how many videos do we need? Of Joe Biden wandering Ooh. around, not knowing where he's going, not knowing what mm-hmm. he's talking about. Is it a mockery? Like, at, at what point is it? Yeah. Is it like how many people are, have been talking about it since before? Even like his mind is not going to hold up. It feels like a mockery. It's like, you know, like he's mocking us. It, well, I mean, like the whole thing. It kind of feels he like could be making a mockery people. of the United States. You think I'm States. broken? And he acts like it? Like, as as the the archetypal figurehead of the United States at the end of our lifespan, there's this mockery, this guy that can't even keep a, a sentence together. I mean, I'm talking metaphorically. I, mm-hmm. Like, I mean, obviously, there's probably a more nuanced explanation to it. I think, and when I say sick, I just mean that it seems like his mind has been clouded or he's getting old, he's losing, like, I don't know if it's Alzheimer's, onset dementia, whatever, yeah. but a sick society Ooh. will create a sick leader. And I'm not... Sickness is a vague word, but this is an example of like people voting for something they hate because they hate something else more. Uh, you do not a healthy society puts the smartest and the best in power. I don't understand. This is this is just arrangement. Mm-hmm. Well, they hated Donald Trump, yeah. yeah, and they were willing to take the craziest, laziest out of his mindiest. Mm-hmm. So that's what we get. I don't think Joe Biden will be able to run in 2024. Absolutely not. I mean, Ben was saying that they're going to strap him to a gurney, but I'm like, come on. You, yeah, I guess. But even that's not going to work. Maybe he'll run and then try and make somebody else look good. You know what his slogan would be? Tuner non a shove of pressure. <laughs> or next no resin. <laughs> yeah. Or and um, uh, bad calf care. He has a new one. Remember when he said the United States can be summed up in one word? And he said, I've summed up for Minamania. <laughs> or something like that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't My care favorite is just we're back. We're back. We're back. That's the only thing he can actually say coherently is we're back. <laughs> oh, he could say, come on, man. That's come it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at yeah, that. Yeah. It's going to get real. Mm-hmm. He's good at saying Putin caused inflation. Yeah. Or, go, <laughs> yeah. or go get him. That was the end of his uh, State of the Union. His catchphrase is, it's, it's not my fault, it's Putin's fault. Yeah. It's not my fault. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He like slips on a banana peel. Oh, Putin. <laughs> did, what, did you guys see that he got shot on by a bird? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and he, everybody was like, oh, he's going to blame I, well, hold, Tim, made a, Tim made a video earlier, I think, analyzing it. What'd you come up with? So Snope says he wasn't pooped on. It was actually corn or a corn. It said it was corn a corn, pop. corn, corn byproduct. Corn pop. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it was. A literal was, corn pop. He was standing next to a big pile of corn uh, at an ethanol plant where they take okay. corn and turn it into ethanol. And so they said it clearly was corn. And when they show it in slow motion, you can see it hits him. And it does break apart like mm-hmm. bits and not goop. However, here's the issue. So, uh, the New York Post said it was bird poop. <laughs> Snopes and many other outlets said it was corn. And I'm like, no one actually knows. None of you can prove it. The White House claims it was corn. You don't know that. So here's what I say. The splatter mm-hmm. on his lapel. The corn 
retains it's 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 it, it looks like if it was corn and it might be it's in a viscous matter of some sort because if powdered corn ball hit you the whole thing would break apart mm-hmm. if there was a wet ball with corn in it it would hit you and then corn bits would splatter down but it would retain its splatter mm. shape because there's a viscous material holding it together. Mm. I say it's possible that there was a bird in there that ate a bunch of the corn and then pooped it out on mm. him and it was in its poop. Or the simple answer is, why are fact checkers claiming they know what it is when they don't? Mm-hmm. Uh, by all means, say, we don't know if it was bird poop. I'm fine with that. Something fell on him. Mm. Sure. But then they're like, fact check. Biden wasn't pooped on. I'm like, you didn't fact check. That's your opinion. Well, yeah, because well, you could like zoom in on the photo and it's like, it doesn't look like typical bird poop. It's not like white. It had, I mean, it does, now that you said the corn, I hadn't seen that. It does kind of look more like that. I mean, I got pooped on here the other day. So, straight so, on my eyebrow. That's but they, they called it. It does not look like that. They yeah, called it a corn one byproduct <laughs> because they couldn't even say it was corn, a corn yeah. byproduct. It was like partially digested corn. I imagine Maybe. birds can't digest it fully or something. Oh, or they yeah, ate yeah. too much. Like that giant that giant mound, a bird could have just eaten until it got sick and barfed on them for all Maybe, I know. Maybe, yeah. Or, or, maybe it was a mother bird carrying food around to bring back to the yep. babies in the nest. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You know, I had, mama the coat. <laughs> I had, I, I had <laughs> yeah. a moment. I was walking up to the front door of the Daily Wire building, mm. and as I'm walking, I'm about five feet from the wall in the door, and I hear a like a splatter, oh, no. and I look, and I see a little white splotch, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that was close, and I look up, and there was a little bird butt Right over the edge. Butt. It was just, it was, it was just really awesome. I could see like, there's a little bird standing there and his butt hanging over. I'm like, he just took a dump. What right animals there. have you guys been crapped on? I'll well, go first question. if you want. Well, bird, last week, well, no, it was like two weeks ago. I did a hit on Ben's show and I was walking back and it went right there. And I was like, man, <laughs> oh, large. Yeah, I took the bird. Uh, and right the, snake, the, snake, the snake, the snake was interesting because it was like this white stuff just came out of the bottom oh, of it on me. It's kind of neat. Oh, uh, oh, uh, human babies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I get pooped on often. And and rabbits. <laughs> rabbits. Oh yeah. Rabbits Which actually bad. isn't I mean, they they're relentless shitters, but I mean like it's it's just these little <laughs> dry oh, so little yeah. fertilizer. Yeah, but you know they, they also eat their own poop. Yeah, they do. Uh-huh. They don't, they don't well, really, you're gonna say their own babies, they don't really they don't really eat their own poop. What they're eating is when the rabbits eat plant matter, it has to go through their system more than once. Uh. So some t- sometimes poop comes out. And sometimes it looks like poop, but it's actually just partially digested plant matter. Mm. They turn around and eat it again. Yeah, if it, rabbits. Wow. People gotta understand rabbits are not pets. Nope. It's crazy weird. to me that people like. Well, they freak me out too. Yeah, they're, why? They're, they're, the white ones with the red eyes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, albino? Are they considered albino? I don't know. They're I think so. Weird. They're yeah. they're delicate. They have delicate uh, um, uh, systems. Mm. Pe- you can't really bathe them. Like they're not great pets. Like people get them for their kids. They chew everything. But they're they're high maintenance. Mm-hmm. Get them a guinea pig. Yeah. Well, these rabbits attack our feet. They're not smart, you know, like, I mean, they're, they're, they're fun actually, but like, we'll like, it'll be dark and I'm walking through the house and they'll just run straight from my feet, not realizing like I could crush you, dude, That's on so accident. Good. What do they think it is? Not that you know, but, but they're super playful. Like if, if I run away, they'll run after me, oh. you know, and, and my kids love just running across the house and do you, and they, do you get them fixed? No, we just have two boys. Oh, okay. Um, but they still hump. Each other like crazy. Really? It's, yeah, it's we, funny to watch. I had some rabbits and, you know, we, we understood, you know, they're warning, they, they, good rabbit, you know, dealers or pet shops will, will explain to you like how you take care of the rabbits. So when I was in Miami, we actually had a whole room with just two rabbits in it. It wasn't that big of a room, but it was like, it was a decently sized room. We just, the rabbits had the room to themselves. 
they poop everywhere and we'd feed them and then we'd clean it and stuff. But they started getting into it because it was a boy and a girl. And so it didn't really work out because you know how rabbits are. Mm-hmm. And the girl, when she didn't want it, she would jump like eight feet in the air because we put up a big barrier. It was, so the room was like a sunroom. It was like it was a, a room, but the door was just always open. So we put a big thing in front of it and she would just straight over it. And one day I go in there and she's gone. We find her upstairs hiding because the dude rabbit was like, you know, he was he was oppressing her. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Good for a nice way of saying it. What I what I <laughs> what I like about it is like there's a lot of fertilizer, and I've gotten seriously into the importance of topsoil, uh, topsoil, and just the microbes in the soil. And there's like farmers around Tennessee, down in Summertown, that are like within six years going to have like several feet of topsoil on their farm, like really doing it incredibly. So, but they have like guineas water buffalo different cows like tons of different animals and they're doing it right so that's why i don't mind seeing the the bunny crap everywhere i just go around bunny sweep it crap. up and, yeah you know what this biden, biden getting pooped on thing makes me think of the bernie sanders when the bird landed on his podium oh and, yeah that was yeah. that and it was like a magical moment people yeah, yeah and then here's the other magical moment oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well so we, we have uh, uh you guys probably know it chicken city mm-hmm. oh yeah and those things poop Oh my god! Everywhere. So what I, what I love about them is that they're smart enough not to drink poop water, but they're not smart enough not to poop in their water. So it's like you hand them water, they'll drink it. They'll turn around, just take a dump right in it, and look at it and go like, "I'm not drinking that." It's like, "Well, you did it, dude." But uh, when you go into the chicken coop, I always tell people because when people come over, they'll be like, "Oh, can I come check them out?" I'll be, "Yeah, but your feet are going to be covered, caked." in just chicken crap. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you wash them off afterwards so you can just not go in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, chickens, they poop. Is it safe enough to put plastic bags on your feet? I was just thinking about those, yeah. painter, those yeah. painter ones. Just or just go with it. Just be one. With the, I, 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 when around, I go back home, around them, yeah, when I go home to my family's farm, it's like I know for a fact that it's like I'm not coming out unscathed. It must yeah. be good for your biome to be... Like was it Joey Salatin? I think is his name. Is it uh, Joel Salatin? He's Joel a farmer. Yeah, yeah. He's all about getting in there with the pig feces and like it, how it enhances your biome and your immune system. Mm-hmm. He'd be. I a think great I'm guest. healthier because I was you know playing in the dirt as a oh, kid I am and too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I wasn't a Purell kid. So was like, Purell yeah. kid. Yeah. yeah. It actually Pigs does are scary. Help with allergies. Mm-hmm. Early exposure mm-hmm. helps with allergies. It's, you just got to be careful with like the the parasite cycles. Mm-hmm. Yes. But actually, having a diversity of animals, they'll eat each other's crap and break the parasite cycles what? as well mm-hmm. weird. that's weird yep if you have them roaming around the same ground they'll break the parasite cycles and you also gotta... keeping quail is really incredible because they don't make a ton of noise their eggs are really dense uh you know nutrient dense and um yeah they don't make much noise so you can be in kind of like an urban environment and you won't have that Noise all the time. Chickens. I think I need some quails. Yeah, yeah. sounds awesome. Chickens are noisy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. We got Roberto, and then we got Roberto Jr., he had the, a kid, and they just yell nonstop. The ladies are cool. The Do dudes you have, are loud. No, 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 no. I think the ladies are actually worse. Really? So, yeah, the roosters are loud, but the girls just complain all day. <laughs> they're not really complaining. They complain they're, to they're each actually, other. They're yeah. actually really happy, but they go around and they go like, bark, 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 bark. Gossiping. Yeah. And, and, and you'll yeah. Hear, like, I'll yeah. hear the cons. So it's one thing to hear a, a cockadoodle-doo once in a while or the crowing. It's another thing when for like 30 minutes you're hearing, bark, 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 bark. Yeah, what is, are they laying an egg when they do that? So typically it's probably more than one chicken and they're doing the egg song. What is hmm. that? Yeah. They, they, they lay an egg and then they sing. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. 
Have yeah, you guys ever fine. had pigs? You, no. no, I would love to. Have you? Well, I will. So my my mother's birthday was in February, and her birthday present for me was a pet pig. Not oh. a pet pig, but it's out there. But yeah, Do I have pig? what teacup pig? No, she's no, she's gonna be a full size. Her name's oh, Nora. God. But I got Nora. her. She was like two months old. I had her. I was oh. here already. I had her delivered to my mom. Had it all set up, and I don't know how big she is now. Her name's Nora. That animal. I mean, so loud. You, if she does not want to be touched, she's super sweet, and she, like, comes when you call her. She's like a dog. But if you touch her in a weird way, I mean, it's like all hell. I mean, the loudest thing on the farm by, like, a long shot. And she has all those birds and everything, but Mm. truly. Let's go to to Super Chats. If you have not already, Super Chat. And uh, send us your questions. Also, smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show if you really do want to help out with that grassroots marketing. We're already bigger than CNN Plus, so all right, mission accomplished, I guess. But uh, share the show anyway uh, and become a member at TimCast.com. We're already bigger than CNN Plus, but you join anyway. Next will be bigger than, I don't know, Fox Nation. Yeah, Fox Nation. Yeah, we'll beat them. All right. All right, send us your super chats. Let's read what you guys got. All right. Woot do for you says, currently driving up from Georgia to see you guys tomorrow. You're a hero to me, Tim. I really appreciate it. I think the current plan is that we're going to be at Redneck Riviera, downtown Nashville, from one thirty to two thirty. I think uh, we'll all be there. Short stop, yeah. Short Short stop. Yeah. So I think I think a good hour is enough to get a handful of songs in for everybody. I I might play two. We'll see what happens. And then we got we got a hard stop to get out of there by two thirty. We got to be in the car and be on the road because I got to make it back to uh, West Virginia to uh, get back to work. All right, Colin, your buddy says we're writing stories for the chickens in Chicken City. Roberto is the mayor of Chicken City after being a weather vane model and having an affair with Margaret Hatcher, oh Mayor Roberto 2024. <laughs> and Roberto Jr. is his illegitimate son who's come to usurp his role. Scandal. Yep. Oh my. Not my father. In, in reality, <laughs> though, you know, Roberto Jr. is starting to impose himself on Roberto's ladies. Oh and my. Roberto's not having it. The craziest thing is that you guys... Chickens do not have the same genetics as us. So they inbreed. They do. It's called line breeding. You're not supposed to do it too much, but it happens. And they don't care. They do not have familial relationships. So, like, Roberto sees his daughter, and Roberto Jr. sees his mom, and they're just like, oh don't care. They just, that's, that's, that's how it goes. Oh, dinosaurs do that too, I guess, then? Or yeah. Chickens are dinosaurs? Yeah. yeah. I've always wondered how dinosaurs actually do it. There you go. You well, look at those know. huge yeah. tails. <laughs> how did they mount out. one another? Don't it's, know. it's just a weird. Very you know. aggressively, I would yeah. imagine. <laughs> I don't, I don't spend a lot of time trying you to figure that, that out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Clef the Misfit says, Hey, Tim, you said you're a Twitter shareholder too. Why don't you reach out to other shareholders and launch a class action lawsuit since Twitter oh. violated their fiduciary duty? I have 22 shares and I bought them after Elon Musk bought because I was like, this is a good investment. I mean, Elon Musk will be a great leader for the company. That's fantastic. So after I heard, I was like, all right, I'll go on Twitter and see what's up. And I bought some. But um, I may have had one before and I think I just bought them. Now it's like if Elon pulls out of Twitter because of this shady dealing, like I'm going to end up losing a bunch of money. I'll be kind of pissed. But I'm not doing this for any kind of lawsuit or anything. I have, an, I have a, a brokerage account or whatever with like a thousand bucks in it. And I was like, oh, yeah, Twitter, I guess. Why not? I wasn't really thinking. I don't want to be involved in any of that stuff. If I was like a legitimate big investor, then definitely. Because I think they're screwing over the shareholders, no doubt, because they're, mm-hmm. they're nuts. Maybe everybody should, should, should you know, buy in. All right. Daniel K says, your honest coverage of Florida has been much appreciated. Tampa, a Democrat stronghold in Florida, has a green beret running for Congress, Jay Collins. It's a long shot flipping Tampa red, but I feel like Collins has a real chance at it. It would be great to see him on your show. We will take a look. Mm-hmm. 
All right, let's grab some super chats as the race cars keep going. <laughs> Double A says Femme Shapiro doesn't look the same without her leg up on the chair. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Oh, is that, oh is that's, that's how you my, yeah, that's my look. That's how I sit too. That's very awesome. comfortable. Yeah, it's the knee. I like this I love it. Oh wow, what's this? Brad Pitt's junk says. Oh my. Oh. <laughs> Congrats to Sticks on the birth of his daughter earlier this week. Hope you guys can have him on next time he's stateside. Wow, yes, congratulations. Sticks is fantastic. He's mm-hmm. a good dude. Yeah. Always been a big fan of Sticks, Hex, and Hammer. Stephen White says, Tim and crew, the trending movies on Netflix are war movies. Saving Private Ryan, the imaginary game. It's almost like they're trying to push World War Three. Mm. What did I get recommended? I, you know, I, 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 I've been watching DC's Legends of Tomorrow. And then season six, I just stopped watching it. That show just like, man, they jumped the shark. Oh. Yeah. It was fun. It's like a DC superhero show. But now it's like, turns out one guy's an alien, and now there's a bunch of aliens, and I'm just like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. This <laughs> is <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's just dumb. Uncle Ulysses says, Ian, you're the man. Keep being you. Wanted to shout out a local podcast about the supernatural and conspiratorial. Coin Doc Pro conspiracy indoctrination program give it a shot oh is it is it cohen coin give it a shot see if you like it cool cool thanks man all right let's grab some more king king uh king Fo panda says found brett on tiktok this is my first ever super chat i've been subbed for so long <laughs> it told me i couldn't chat because i subbed while watching child content whoa yeah Whoa, had to unsubscribe um, unsubscribe to chat spin the ufo Oh, so if you have a child, if you have like chill, like under thirteen content up in one window, YouTube won't let you subscribe to over eighteen shows. Hmm. Weird. Maybe Maybe that's that's strange, I think we're gonna have to make sure Chicken City is for adult only. Oh, <laughs> because we we have um, we have uh, short chicken gags that we're making, and uh, we were here with Seamus, and so we recorded one that's really funny, and it's basically it's not meant for it's like it's like maybe like six to nine years old is probably the where, where it would be be if it was like a kids show but it's the kind of jokes where you know an adult would would like it too but then we as we were like ad-libbing we did one really dark one where it was you know Roberto he's got a daughter you know chickens mm-hmm. don't really have you know they don't care mm-hmm. and so it's about line breeding which is when fathers and daughters and sons and mothers breed Ooh. and uh, I put it up on Instagram but for some reason it wouldn't what? it was shadow banned like nobody could see it and I was like, well, it is a particularly dark. Like, Roberto was drunk, and he was like, where are you? And I'm like, we don't show anything. It was just, like, line breeding. And, like, a card pops up and explains how this happens. They wouldn't allow <laughs> yes. it. And so I'm like, maybe it shouldn't be, you know, like, the darkest of humor at all. And maybe we should just stick to the gag humor. The gag humor joke we have is just Roberto screaming and running around, flipping out. I like, thought kids would like it. It was like Adult Swim 2007. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. it was good. Also, the first few like what, 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 like not right, words. He's drunk, <laughs> like a bark, a bark. drunk mumbling <laughs> from a chicken. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he's drinking mealworm IPA. IPA. Yes, yeah, so good. Yeah, Kent, uh, so good. our animator oh Kent gosh. Welling, made that. Uh, I I put it up on Instagram. It, they wouldn't let me, and I was like, maybe it's because we say bitch in it, mm. so I'll censor that. So now he says you, bugger. You know, so I don't know, but maybe I'm like, maybe I, maybe we should just stick to the stuff that's like more family friendly. The one that we, <laughs> I I, fun. I, it was funny because I was talking to Kent and I was like, "Hey, here's the 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 sound that like the voiceover stuff we recorded. Don't make that one. Like, I think we are just you know being vulgar." And I'm like, make the one where it's just like the kids show where they're like counting how many eggs they have, and then Roberto screams and runs around going nuts. And I'm like, it's just silly kid stuff. And he's like, "You got it." 
And then he messaged me, and he messages me, sends the clip, and he says, it has been made. Oh, and gosh. I'm like, this one looks a little shorter than it should be, and I played it, and I was just laughing. There's got to be a network to run gosh. that on. There's got to be. Instagram wouldn't let it go up. I don't know. They, yeah. they, just fun chicken Maybe packs. Fox. Rumble. I think it's too hot Fox. for Fox. Rumble. <laughs> hey, Fox pay for it to run as an advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. That's well, it. After 10 p.m. It's really only. good. All right. Let's... Uh, Adrian Contreras says, I'm going, I'm not going to smash the like button, Tim, but I will tickle it ever so gently. Oh, <laughs> I'm still pushing for Glenn Jacobs on the show, too. Can we make that happen? We'll I'll take a look. C. Santos says, my fiance is Gen Z and she can't stand the content that, that Brett makes. She thinks it's over critical and bullying. I've been trying to get her to understand the culture war that's happening, but no luck so far. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's the thing about the, the challenge of the culture war is that if you, if, if, like, if someone walked up to you and slapped you in the face, mm-hmm. and then you were like, guys, I'm really angry, this guy's been slapping me in the face, let me explain to you, people are gonna be like, why are you being so mean to that guy? Like, I don't even know who that guy is. Like, they'll assume that your criticism of legitimate things mm-hmm. is mean. Yeah. Or wrong. And it's like, bro, I'm not the person who's throwing paint in someone's face. You know, like, they're the mm-hmm. ones throwing paint on us. It's funny to, it's funny to hear that though, because I do get criticism for being too empathetic to people though, from people mm-hmm. on the right, who are like, I did an episode about Emma Watson, and I, and I, you know, or there was something I was doing with Demi Lovato, who was like, I still really like her music. Like, I think she's fantastic. Like, that kind of thing. People were like, how dare you say nice things about her? And it's like, we're still human beings. You can still criticize people and the ridiculous things that they do and find humor in it. I and thought, still, like... Yeah, I wouldn't so. say I wouldn't say bullying. I've been watching your stuff, mm-hmm. and, like, I mean, honestly, like, it's... Uh, you definitely have your style, mm-hmm. but I think it's from... From certain perspectives, like you have people saying that you're being too empathetic yeah. and other people saying you're bullying. It's well, if you're on the internet, you can't please everybody. So it's no. yeah, kind of like, okay. With <laughs> comments, this is like, uh, Joe Rogan would tell people, don't read the comments, but you actually have a show called The Comments yeah. Section, and I love reading the comments. Just don't take it personally. Exactly, yeah. Any of it. The good stuff or the bad stuff. Yeah. It's hard not to take the good stuff personally mm-hmm. when they're like, you're so awesome. I love when you did this yeah. thing. And you're like... Yeah, me too. Uh, but don't take it personally, because then you start to take the negative stuff personally. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, here's Terry. Terramoto Jr. says, Brett Cooper, thanks for selling me on homeschooling on your Instagram for when I have kids. Already hated public schools before it was cool to hate uh, cool to hate them. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't difficult. But your stuff on homeschooling is what made, what made me decide that was the solution. Amazing. That actually makes me very happy. That's awesome. Homeschooling. I love it. I love Legit. Love it. So good. Wouldn't have changed a thing. Daniela Sanchez says, Hey guys, I want to audition for the Daily Wire's upcoming productions as an actor. How can we, how can one find out how to audition? If I have to relocate to Nashville, I will do it. Have an awesome day, guys. Well, uh, Brett, you run casting for Daily Wire, right? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, sure, yeah. That's my, that's my other job. I actually have, I get a lot of people, we have a lot of people that DM me asking for jobs or like, how do you find, you know, careers and that kind of thing. I actually have no idea how the casting process goes for the films, but I will say, if you're trying to work at Daily Wire, you can go to our career page. It's not too difficult to find. And it is funny when I have people being like, oh, where do I find it? I was like, type in Daily Wire careers. If you really are motivated to come work for us, I promise you, you will find a way. Mm. Yeah. Ken Pittsburgh says, we are already in the metaverse. When we die, the carny will take you off, take, take off your VR glasses. You'll ask how long you're in there and he'll point to a sign that says $5 for five minutes. Chicken City. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, Rick and Morty when they go to Blitz and Chits. That, you know, have you guys seen that one? Mm-hmm. You've seen it. So he's like, "Let's go play Roy," and you sit down and you put this headset on, and then you just like you go limp, and then you live an entire life as some guy named Roy. And they're like, they're watching Morty play, 
And then after he comes out, he's like, where, where am I? I'm, I'm Morty. And, and Rick is like, you went back to the carpet store? Jeez, let me play. And then everyone's watching him and they're like, whoa, he's taking this guy off the grid. He doesn't have a social security number. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, that was funny. He's taking him off the grid. <laughs> Roy. All right, seriously, JK says, the other day I tweeted at Elon Musk to buy all of Twitter and then immediately shut it down. I have not heard back from him yet, but I'll keep you all posted. I mean, <laughs> if Elon Musk doesn't get in, it's doomed anyway. Yeah. Mm. If, he, if Elon Musk gets the company, he'll fix it. So, you know. 3D Pyromaniac says, Brett should go on Mug Club and play newest gender pronouns now. What is that? Is that uh, Crowder? Yeah, it's yeah. Crowder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. I'll be at Blaze next week. Cool oh, beans. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. That's in Austin, right? Uh, Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. I was there. How did I forget? How did I get that wrong? All right. Enslaved said, Tim, it would be awesome if you checked out music. My new album is called Defund the Politicians. Search Enslaved Ones on here or any streaming service. Hey, man. Always interested in people making culture and succeeding with it. So Zoidberg says, I constantly promote free the code, but that's no guarantee that the open source code is the same code that's running on the live system. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Shinobi Strongside, Ian, I have, I have, I have that time dilations almost every night. It was so bad, I had to go on disability. Living whole lives in one night, eventually I learned how to manage it. Time is definitely illusion. Oh, interesting. Whoa. Yeah, I'd love to find out how you managed it, too. That was very cool. That's I wonder crazy. if that's like a, uh, something that a lot of people have experienced. Like, if it's actually got a name. Cause that's, that, that'd be a wild disorder to have. Mm-hmm. Like, each night living a full life. Jeez. That'd be pretty wild. Check this out. Dragon Lady says, Deep Space Nine episode, Hard Time. O'Brien lives a 20-year prison sentence that's implanted in his brain in a few hours. Causes a bunch of psychological problems afterward. Great episode. Crazy. Very cool. Yeah, what if what if all we're, all this is right now? Our lives are actually a metaverse. We're all three years old. And the point is to give you a full <laughs> life of experience and wisdom so that you come out, you're three, and you're like, whoa. And they're like, we wanted to make sure that before you started, you knew what you were doing. Well, so I will eat less sugar as a teenager. <laughs> See? You. See? They're gonna, you're going to come out, you're going to be three, and you're going to be like, I'm alive. <laughs> I, what am I? And they're going to be like, what did you learn? Like, what? What did you learn? I'm not going to eat sugar when I'm a teenager. You pass. <laughs> Keep going. That's great. Someone else is like, I want donuts. Uh, yeah, back in. Back in. No, no, no. <laughs> ben That's a turn. <laughs> you can eat sugar. No redemption. <laughs> I was saying, put them back in. You got to go around again. Yeah. All right. King, uh, King, King Deem says, or King Demi says, Tim, we already have the metaverse for years. It's called VR chat. The videos about journalists living in the metaverse for days are not original at all. There's literally dozens of videos of the same kind. What Facebook did is not relevant. No, I understand. So when we, when we, when we talk about metaverse, it's typically, you know, in a reference to the coming brain implants mm. where they stick the metal into your neck and then you actually are in the metaverse. Mm. Through a neural net. Yeah. Mm. See, I think, I think, I feel like most guys would say yes instantly. Yeah, I was Babe, watching. I want to fight a dragon, bro. Yeah. I've been seeing videos of people going into the metaverse. They'll be like, I was in the metaverse for 30 days. And there's like a YouTube video about it. And they said one guy was saying that a lot of people in the metaverse just look at look into mirrors and stare at themselves. What? You'll see groups mm. of people just staring at themselves in a mirror hmm. in the metaverse. Like, Dude, at character. Weird. did you ever see that thing where they put VR headsets on on people, a man and a woman? They stood in front of each other. 
but their VR headsets were each other's camera. So the man, they, they would like both of you look down slowly, and then they would be like, now feel your body, and they they would feel their body the same way. But the dude was seeing the woman's body, and the woman was seeing the dude's body. So it's like when you touch your hands, you feel like you're in the other person's body. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. Ugh. Creepy. Yikes. Yep. And then they have like touch your leg, and so you feel like because you're seeing in the in the lenses the other body. That's mirror neurons going. Mm. Yeah, that that's that's what allows when, when you see somebody crying or somebody fall and scrape their knee or something like that, your mirror neurons empathize to the point where you can feel it. That's crazy. Yeah. I think the illness can yeah, communicate a, like that sometimes too. In uh, what, what, like in, in skateboarding, whenever you watch slam videos, you can feel the slam. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, it's crazy. Like I'll watch someone hit the ground and I feel the jolt in my body. I'm like, oh man, don't like that. Crazy, right? Yeah. You know, they say that if you don't experience that, that like sociopaths don't experience that phenomenon. Hmm. So it's like how they test for it. They'll show you. They'll show you a vi- they'll, they'll show a video of someone getting hurt in some way, and if you don't have a response, they think, you know, something's there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I can't stand how just I'm like I turn on Instagram and too many videos are slams. I'm like, dude, if I see a slam coming, I just I'm, I'm getting out because mm. I'm gonna you, you don't you don't feel it, but you feel it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You get that feeling. All right, let's grab some more super chats. What do we got? D stuff says, have you, have you guys heard of Vince Dow and the American Populist Union? He's someone I've been a fan of for a little while. You should have him on the show. Keep up the good work. I do not know who that is. I'm going to write that down. He's a good guy. I know him from PragerU. Oh, very cool. He's a really cool. sweet oh, cool. kid. Yeah. Cool. Not kid, I guess. He's, you know, he's a little younger than me. Yeah. Party Hard Jay says, Twitter moderation has gotten so bad that I got suspended today for asking you if Redneck Riviera would be open to the public tomorrow. What? It was labeled hateful conduct and my appeal <laughs> was denied. Oh. Email you guys screenshots. Wow. Because Redneck nuts. probably. Mm. Wow. That's so, weird. Here's the plan. Redneck Riviera exists. It is John Rich's venue. We have no formal plan with the venue other than John Rich owns it. And he said, let's go jam. And I said, okay. So if it's open, it's open. If it's not, I have no idea what's going on. But 1.30, that's the plan. 1.30 p.m. Yep. Yeah, Ian's going to headline. It's all, we're going to put banners up for, for him. I'll be screaming. Ian will play some songs, I guess. <laughs> uh, you're going to be there, Ben? I'll play something. Yeah. Uh, Carter will be there. He's, mm-hmm. you know, from Timcast. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think everyone will be able to get in as much as they want to play. I'll probably, I'll probably only play a couple songs. I might even have to leave early just because we got to get on the road. But actually, no, probably not. You going? Oh, maybe I'll come. Oh, wow. Don't I'll put do you on jig. the spot. Yeah, yeah, I'll so do a jig. You play do music? It, yeah. Nice thing, but I don't nice. play any instruments. Perfect. At the yeah. very least, if you do come, I think I'm like, John, this place is going to be so packed because people are going to drive up. People are going to head out. I mean, it's not, it's downtown Nashville. Yeah. And you basic- already on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. But, but John Rich is announcing yeah. on the show he is going to be there. Yeah. So like, Yo. John Rich of Big and Rich. Yeah. I'm if like, you don't know who I'm talking about. I'm like, don't look at me. I'm like, you're telling people you're doing a, a, a show. People are going to show up. It's going to be crazy. And he's like, yeah, yeah, of course. It's always packed. And I'm like, all right, man. I think we're going to need like the car pulled around back because we got it. We got a hard stop. We got to get on the road. We've got missions to accomplish. All right. Ben says, great video this morning, Tim. Quote, I wake up every day and lay a brick. Great message. Bad wording. <laughs> Very bad. Yeah. <laughs> no wow. Oof, no, yikes. brick laying. I'm, I'm totally fine with it. In fact, if it made people laugh, all the better. It's memorable. Every day I wake up, I lay a brick. Mm-hmm. What is that? Like pooping? Like, yep. I poop a brick? Mm-hmm. That's also good yep. for you. It works yep. for me. My body is a yeah. machine and it cranks out large <laughs> rectangular bricks. <laughs> oh, and then I take and I go, this is mine. And I slam it onto the building that I'm making and... 
magical. There you go. Every yeah. day, shit house. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Every a day, brick. you, you <laughs> add a yeah. brick. <laughs> yeah. Every day, you add a brick. I love this. You know, what that means is, you know, where we are now with this crazy fifth wheel trailer in the Daily yeah, Wire parking this? lot doing shows with, you know, these guests. It's not like one day I woke up and I wrote down, here's how you do all of this thing. It was like every day I was just like, I will place this brick right here on this building. And one day you look, you, you take a step back 20 feet and you're like, this thing's huge. It just happens one, one step mm-hmm. at a time. Christina H says, Miss Cooper, I love your show. Happy Friday, cast. Have fun tomorrow. We will. We're going to be oh. driving a lot. Oh, yeah. Good times. JDC Gaming says, there are only 31 possible plots that have ever been created for movies. And I kind of feel like that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there a villain's journey? Probably, you know, you yeah. know that is there. There is, yeah. Well, Probably. there's the hero's journey, which is the famous, you know, story d- mm-hmm. uh, map architecture. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a villain's journey. I think the whole Megamind thing. Maybe I don't want to be the bad guy anymore. No, that's a hero's so journey. There's one in so? well, ish. Villain turning into a hero. Yeah, no. it's just he's Confusion. still a hero. But it, yeah. The Watchmen, um, the cartoon that's played throughout the movie, the guy on the pirate ship. Do you remember this cartoon? It's oh, incredible. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. he, I'll tell the story, I guess. Yeah. Um, he's trying to get back home. The His ship is raided by pirates and everyone is killed except for him. And he's on a lifeboat trying to get back to his wife and family. But he knows that these pirates are going to kill them. So he spends just weeks paddling to get there. His, his crew is rotting, starts to rot. And then he starts to hallucinate and they come alive. And they're like, you did this to me. And he's losing his mind. He finally gets back and he's this wild animal looking to kill these pirates. And the, the town is crazy. And... In the shadows, he sees one of them and he kills him. And it turns out the pirate he killed was actually his wife. Oh my! He became the demon that he sought to destroy. Hmm. I like Mister Freeze better. <laughs> you know Mister Freeze's story. Mm-mm. You're young, so I can tell you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know most comic book villains were like, "I'm going to take over the world." But Mister Freeze in the Batman animated series, his wife was terminally ill, mm-hmm. so he was siphoning funds from the corporation he worked at to work on research to save her life while keeping her frozen so that she wouldn't die. And when the boss finds out, he comes in and he's like, this is what you've been doing with my money. Shut it down. He's like, no, you'll kill Nora. And then he gets hit with all these chemicals, becomes Mr. Freeze, and then he becomes a villain. His motivation is he's trying to save his wife. So mania, it's obsessive love. It's a type of love that can twist people. Mm-hmm. I think it's just love. It's like a, a guy well, who is willing to do whatever he has to to save his wife at, at, at the expense of others. The Greeks have they've, they've derived eight types of love. One of them is mania, and that means obsessive love. There's like eros, which is erotic love. There's pragma, which is like pragmatic love. Like Kaleo, brotherly love. No, no, no. It's Mr. Freeze, it was just romantic love. Romantic and, love. And, and it, the reason he's a good villain, it's, it's because one. it's love and loyalty but selfishness that he didn't care who he hurt he was creating the same problem the people he hurt when he was trying to save his wife are experiencing the same pain that he's experiencing but he doesn't care so it's narcissism and romantic love but it's an it's it's it was brilliant i think the one they won an emmy for it love it all right let's grab some, a couple more super chats as we go through we got we got time for a couple more John Smith says, haven't used Reddit since they banned the Donald. It was basically them outright admitting they were absolutely partisan. It's no longer a place to share content. It's a place to spread propaganda. Yeah, I go on Reddit all the time. And when I see these people be like, social media isn't biased. What they're just trying to do is shut up. You go on Reddit and it's like there there was two subreddits hit the top of all from me saying I don't. I I went to a diner and I didn't want to wait because they sat someone in front of me. And it was like the right can't meme posted it. And I'm like, what is me 
have telling a story about not waiting at a diner, which was me intentionally telling a story about me being disagreeable and kind of annoying sometimes, have to do with right wing politics at all. But that's what you get when you go on Reddit. Rarely do you see anything that is against the establishment. It's always sometimes you'll see r slash conservative make it up there. But right now it's like Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter. Every comment is, oh, this is bad and wrong. Every story is Elon is a goblin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elon's great. We look, we love what he's doing. All right. We got room for a couple more. Babic says, hi, I sent an email to spin the UFO. Please check it out. Also, how can I pitch my tech company idea to take over big tech to the Daily Wire? Is there an email? I don't know if Brett has the answers to those questions. Oh, yeah, you know me and all my powerful Indeed, knowledge yes. as the casting director. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. that's true. All right. TXP says, my 17-year-old daughter just told me she wished technology would go away. I told her about EMP. Mm. Well, there you go. Perfect. Right on. All right. Zombie Lord says, the villain story is the Greek story of uh, um, physis, uh, physis, physis, this? physis this? Physis this. Interesting. Oh, Where... Or is it, uh, phys- this? Whatever. Where the main, where the main is forced to roll a boulder up a hill for it to fall to the bottom in a cycle. It's Sisyphus, isn't it? Oh, yeah, Sisyphus. Sisyphus. Oh, yeah, but they, yeah. but, you know, yeah. what they wrote is physicist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sisyphus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he was pushing up the boulder, but he couldn't. Interesting. Only to fall to the bottom of a cycle, one can only work for the power they can have. Absolutely. Mm. All right, we'll grab this, uh, this, we'll grab this one here. Brenton Connor says, Ghost in the Shell. Freaks me out about Neuralink. Mm. Ghost in the Shell mm. is legit. Mm-hmm. Good show. You, you've seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're interested in metaverse stuff, just check it oh. out. Mm. It's, uh, in the future, people have like prosthetic bodies. Mm-hmm. So their brain or ghost is put into a different body or they get like prosthetic eyes and all this weird stuff. Cool stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Friday night in Nashville. We're going to go party. If you haven't already, smash that like button. Smash it for Ian. Crush it. <laughs> Don't be afraid of technology. It's neutral. Just use it properly. Well... Or Make sure go tickle it. Or tickle it. <laughs> tickle, some tickle, tickle the like button ever Caress so gently. It, yes. And Four head over. Is okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it is Friday night. Head over to head Agape, over to Tim. my friends. Agape. Head over to Timcast.com, become a member, support our work. You guys are the lifeblood of the company, and we are only able to do this because of all of you who sign up and uh, enjoy our members only content Monday through Thursday at eight PM. So we really do appreciate it. You can follow the show at Timcast IRL. We have reels on Instagram, so you can catch short clips throughout your day. You can follow me at TimCast. I guess if you want to see weird things on Twitter and me talking nonsense, it's mm. a lot of fun. Brett, you want to shout anything out? Yeah, you can go subscribe to the comments section. We do it every day, five <laughs> days a week. It's Scary. a good time. I know. I go through the comment section so you don't have to. It's really nice. benevolent of me, honestly. Wow, thank you very much. <laughs> What's your social media? Uh, I'm Brett Cooper on everything. All right. Yeah. Ben. <laughs> Yeah, go to benjosephstewart.com. That's where you can find all my work. I'm doing a lot of documentaries lately and uh, pushing the envelope of conscious media. Ian Crossland, happy to see you guys. This was a fantastic week in Nashville, Brett. Thanks for having us to The Daily Wire. I appreciate it. Happy to have you. You putting it together for us (laughs) and everything as the head of production or whatever you're doing. Obviously. But really, this has been a spectacular Mm. uh, opportunity. And I'm so glad, Tim, thanks for having me. And uh, this is just great, you guys. So thanks for being here with us. And I will see you guys next week. Yeah, this week was absolutely an adventure. Thank you guys, everyone, for tuning in as we mashed it up with The Daily Wire. That was a freaking blast. I really hope that we can do this again. It was a great time. Uh, met some great people, learned some cool new stuff, and did some interesting technological things. So hopefully we can just go further next time. I'm stoked. Anyway, you guys can follow me on Twitter, minds.com, at Sarah Petchlitz, or at sarahpetchlitz.me.
Ladies and gentlemen, just the other day, Chicken City <laughs> generated $1,495. So head over to youtube.com slash chicken city or chickencitylive.com. We are going to make gag short cartoons that are family friendly. <laughs> I, I know we made a not family friendly one, but apparently I can't upload that anyway. Oh and uh, we are we are working on a plan for a terrestrial television commercial that I would love to get on Tucker Carlson. And so uh, Chicken City has been a great success. It's a relaxing show where you watch chickens make chicken sounds. And uh, you can check that out while we while we're off uh, hanging out for the weekend at YouTube.com slash Chicken City. Thanks for hanging out. And we'll see you all next time. Bye, guys. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.